If you need to contact people, you've got SMS, you've got voice, and you've got, I'll drive to your house. Hello and welcome to episode number 67 of Grumpy Old Ben's. I'm Darren O'Neill coming to you from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the weather is warm, the sun is out, and everything is beautiful. And from America's left coast, where not voting third party is throwing your vote away, I'm Ryan Bemrose. That doesn't make any sense because a third party candidate never wins. Yeah, and neither does the Republican Party here on the... (laughs) Or here. Coast, so yeah that's funny i mean that is it, 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 it no it makes it kind of sense if you if you vote democrat then your vote congratulations you're in the majority and it didn't matter if you vote republican you're throwing your vote away because republicans are not a thing on the left coast so honestly if you're going to vote at all you might as well vote for somebody that you want in the position rather than trying to do the lesser of two evils because as everybody knows the lesser of two evils is still evil that would be logical. I mean, that seems like a mathematical equation that would came, came right out of the Bemro school when he was teaching Bemlet how to do uh, algebra. The lesser of two evils is still evil. But thanks to everybody in the troll room here on a special Monday recording of Grumpy Old Ben's. Are we going twice a week? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, we are this week. But you had homework done for the last show and we bloviated just a little bit too much, I guess, on writing and looting. And never got to any of the tech stories. So we had an idea that we could just do a, you know, honest to goodness tech episode today, which we're going to try to cover a lot of tech. But when I went to the usual suspects of tech sites to look for stories to kind of add into the content for today, it's enraging how they're covering all of this Black Lives Matter and rioting stuff. So there's going to be a little mixed in. The, the virtue signaling has been turned up to 12 these days. Yeah, at least. At least. Yeah. I found, I, I, I can throw in the show notes. I don't want to talk about it too much, but I did find a helpful list that someone is maintaining uh, on GitHub that lists all of the companies that have come out in favor of rioters who are looting and burning their cities down. Uh, just Just in case you need a list of companies to avoid, not that you can. We were talking in the troll room this morning before the show about uh, Jeff Bezos, who is now going out and uh, when, you know, people post comments saying, you know, well, okay, first of all, anybody who's been to Amazon in the last week has seen half the freaking page covered up by a big black, you know, we support Black Lives Matter ad, which is virtue signaling in the extreme and is frankly really offensive to everybody who isn't Jeff Bezos or his woke brainwashed ilk but people complaining about that uh he actually went out and uh responded to a couple of these and was trying to shame people saying you know you you don't you know your your principles aren't in place i don't remember what he said but he came out very firmly in favor of uh you know if if you don't think that these banners should be here then you're a horrible person and my comment this morning was, uh, you know, how long until this woke 
virtue signaling starts to impact its company's bottom line. And the point was brought up is that, you know, it, it probably could if Amazon weren't the only retailer still in business after the, well, the governors decided to kill all competition. Well, that's not entirely true, but I have two questions on this. Scary times. Well, definitely scary times, but I have two questions about this. One is who are the companies are Walmart and target out there supporting black lives matter, even though there's the two biggest stores that have been looted and burned in all of these riots. Oh, yes. Yes, they are. So, well, okay. uh, I didn't see Walmart on the list. Target definitely has been. So it's like, I don't, that I don't get, which is we support what you're doing. I mean, we're burning your store, dude. <laughs> I mean, how do you support that? Yeah. But, um, it just occurred to me when you were talking about this stuff, I'm trying oh, to Walmart's on the list. Yes. Okay. Of course they are. But yeah. my question is who is, at a bigger threat uh who you know who which is this angry mob a bigger threat to brick and mortar or to amazon and, and follow me with me on this i saw one case and i'm sure there were more oh. where amazon trucks were hit now okay breaking news yes. the site amazon you mean <laughs> no no the site that i had that list on yes uh it listed uh i i, I can't believe i didn't copy the whole thing down is it gone uh it's gone it, this account is under investigation and was found to violate the medium's rules oh. it was a blog that listed over 300 companies all of which have been doing pure virtue signaling i hope the uh one of these cash systems and, and, has and it. links to their virtue signaling as well mostly things like screenshots oh so proof. Mean, proof yeah yeah and that it, it was proof that every and yeah. that violates and it wasn't terms of service and mediums google owned right yeah i don't know who they owns them they're the silicon valley owned <laughs> um yeah that's when you can't point out the truth that is when you're getting into scary territory this is when you know you're fully into orwellian times it's not just that the people are giving conspiracy theories that somebody could possibly disagree with and think is crazy it's not something like that. This is, if what you're telling me is true, and I believe it is, honest to goodness, saying a company did it with links to it or screenshots of it, when that's taken down, there's no so, doubt that's yeah. the truth. I, I, I swear, I was looking at this, going over the companies only 20 minutes before the show, and I just went, came down and tried to refresh the page, and it's gone. <laughs> wow. That is... so. So uh, for for all the good it does, that link will be in the show notes. <laughs> this is concerning, <laughs> but th- go, let's go back to my question, though. I mean, because we're seeing yes. the videos of the targets being completely looted, which is that's a lot of product that they are losing out on and a lot of property damage. And Amazon, you would think, has a little bit of insulation to this problem. But we I did see at least one where an Amazon truck was stopped, looted, the guy pulled out, and, of course, they took all of the merchandise that was being delivered, much less than a whole store getting it. But when if this gets bad enough where everybody decides, I'm not driving for Amazon anymore, and if this is, starts happening, I don't know if this has happened to UPS drivers or FedEx yet, but they could just go, hey, we're not, we're not delivering your stuff because we're afraid for our lives. Amazon might actually have a bigger problem getting their product into people's hands because of the way people don't come to them. They have to get the product to them. 
And it's an interesting uh, question on which of these systems is better as far as the retailers that people have to go into the big stores and then maybe face the store being burned down or looted or whatever, or Corona. And then you come down to Amazon, who is all delivery, obviously, except for their little food stores and stuff. But, you know, if people, if riders start attacking Amazon trucks, this could really do some damage to them. Well, as as tantalizing a picture as you paint, I, I feel like that problem, if it even happens, is only temporary. It It's a kind of problem you can throw money at. And if there's one thing Amazon has, it's money to throw at problems. That's true. Uh, if if you offer people enough, you're going to find somebody who's willing to, to go. And, and, and I, I mean, strictly speaking, the riots are not going to last forever. Um, I'm, I'm a little surprised they've lasted as long as they did. I thought it'd be a flash in the pan. It looks like it's, uh, a, a little longer lived than that, but, um, you're not going, it, it's going to be history. It's going to be out of the news cycle by the end of June. I assure you. Uh, if for no other reason, then there's only so much combustible material in the downtown of these Democrat controlled cities. Yeah, they'll run out. But what? OK, what yeah. happened in our society that made it a I don't want to use the word crime, but what what has made you into a bad person if you don't comment on something? Because this is no longer uh, pick a side. And if you say something against the wrong side, we'll fight you. This is. If you're silent, they're coming for you too. Well, that that's easy. It's shame. Uh and and I've I've discussed in the past the three most powerful human motivators are greed, shame, and fear, uh, in an increasing order. Um and if you if you shame somebody and show that they, you know, especially people especially people who are over socialized as as Professor Ted would call it whose entire self-worth is tied up in what other people online whose faces they've never seen or, or, or who've never, well, no, of course everybody has pictures, um, but who they've never interacted with face to face. If, if their approval is the most important thing to you and you have a group of people who have been over socialized to the point where uh, getting a, a defriended on Facebook will drive teenagers to suicide. Um, then yeah, shame is an incredibly powerful motivator. And all you have to do is give a halfway plausible reason why somebody should feel shame about something. And then all you do is point and sneer at them and they will crumble like a box of saltines in a waterfall. Yeah. Well, yeah, because every company has to be behind black lives matter otherwise no good i mean there, there's there's definitely a, a a running scared mentality of these companies and the ones that have tried or the people the individuals who have tried to go look um i think all lives matter that all of a sudden is a racist statement which is beyond me to understand the logical aspect of that and i appreciate the black people that have spoken out against that the insanity that people shouldn't be saying all lives matter because the way I look at it is if you're going to keep saying black lives matter, you can't be the same people that say we're all equal. We should all be one. We should all be treated equally. You cannot say that well, if you want to herald up a group the, called black lives matter. The the ideology of the left has long since departed the concept of, of rational or logical thought. So trying to find rational consistencies 
in that I mean, it, it makes for excellent memes. Don't get me wrong to point and laugh at logical inconsistencies in the ideology, but the people who are out virtue signaling for this and shouting at the top of their lungs, how you should feel shame because you're not supporting their personal pet cause. Those kind of people are in fact immune to rational arguments. They, it doesn't matter that, that there's no logical consistency whatsoever in their thought. It is all about emotions driving them back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, they, they just got off of a, a several month period where they were being driven by the most powerful motivator, which is fear. Uh, because what well, fear is, you know, we, we had three months of, of fear being driven in at, at a very high rate. And, that that I think that's what put us here because fear is incredibly powerful, especially at motivating anybody who who leads with the amygdala, people who who don't stop and think about things and just react, which seems to be uh, three quarters of the people in the world anymore. And if, if the the problem with fear as a motivator is that you get used to it too fast, and after three months, people weren't really afraid anymore; they were starting to set out, which is why. We, we had to both give them something new to fear and and use shame, which is less powerful, but more long lasting. Well, it's emotion over rationality, which is a big part of this. And when things start getting irrational, and this is something I had to call out because I saw this on Twitter from a few no agenda producers uh, last night and going into today with the conspiracy theorists want to run with anything as quick as they can. And they were pointing to a tweet made by the Obama Foundation a week or so before George Floyd's death showing, oh, look, there's a picture of George Floyd in that tweet. Oh, this is all oh, this was all <laughs> planned. And I'm like, are you that stupid that you don't understand how Twitter runs? And if you're one of those people that <laughs> posted this, I'm apologizing for calling you stupid. But come on, if you don't get how Twitter runs, whatever the photo is, the main photo on a page when you link to it, that's what Twitter's going to show as their little thumbnail. And as one of our uh, producers, uh, Savinus Murti, I know, I know I'm butchering his name, but he also pointed this out where if Twitter had to cache all of those images when you posted this tweet, then that would be a lot more bandwidth for them. That would be a lot more disk space for them rather than anything else. So they don't do it. So if you go back to a tweet, that somebody posted a year ago and it's to their front page, whatever the main image on the front page is today is what you will see in the tweet, not the same one that was when it was posted a year ago, which I said, well, if all these people are that stupid, here's how you can make some money on your friends. Post a tweet today to a random page that you run on your website. Like for me, it could be, you know, DarrenO'Neill.com slash whatever. And, you know, just put this here dot HTML and Change the photo whenever you want, and that way you could be like, hey, look, I called this a year ago and send people to that tweet a year ago, and they'll see the photo that you just posted today. It's I don't need to do that because I already call things a year in ahead, and I'm right because I'm an expert. <laughs> yeah, we need a book. Somebody needs well, to start I, keeping track of this stuff. <laughs> That's why we publish the audio of all our conversations. Yes, this is true. <laughs> While I agree that the situation is kind of ridiculous, uh, I I. I would stop short of calling people stupid for uh, not having a fine toothed understanding of the intricacies of a 
reactionary and incomprehensible website. Um, that place is a dumpster fire. And when you, anytime that you wade into the sewage, you're not going to come out smelling good. That's all I'm saying. The, the, the stupidest situation. And the only part where, where I will question the, the wisdom of the people on there was their decision to continue using Twitter, despite constant evidence that they need to get the hell out. I am doing a lot more on no agenda social. And as always, you can go to grumpyoldmens.com for an invite to No Agenda Social. But when the eyeballs are on Twitter, sometimes you post stuff there. And it would be nice so, so we, if we can get people off it, of Twitter. We opened this show saying that we weren't going to talk about politics. We were going to talk about tech. And what have we done for the last 20 minutes? I blame you. I know. And, <laughs> and that's fine because it's probably my fault. But I'm, I also accept no responsibility. Well, we know you have some stories about contact tracing, as I do. And there's some other stuff going on in the world of tech. And uh, where, where do you want to start with the tech stuff? Well, content tracing is a good location. Uh, it, the, I, the stories that I have now are a couple days old, but nothing really new came out over the weekend. Um, the, uh, the, the big one, I think, was that uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis in particular, have been talking about how um, they were tracking protesters using their uh contact tracing details no which uh one of those many things that was called when we were talking about we talked about contact tracing a few shows ago and uh we both you and i both predicted that uh yeah they're they're not going to limit this to just tracking people for covid purposes only that that once you once your information, once you let your information get into the hands of any kind of large and completely unaccountable organization, whether that be Amazon or Google or the city of Minneapolis, uh, none of whom are accountable to you in any way, shape or form, uh, you, you let your data get out there and they're going to use that for whatever the heck they want. Well, and what you mean by get your data out there is having a cell phone, because we talked about that with the beachgoers yeah. in Florida at the beginning of coronavirus who didn't have any app. There was no contact tracing stuff set up, but you saw all the phones that were on a Florida beach within like a five hour period one day at the start of this and then where all those phones went like the two weeks after that. And it was scary stuff. Well, the Minneapolis story is actually quite short on details. It was just an offhanded comment by some official. The entire story came from an offhanded comment by some official saying that uh, we've been tracking these protesters based on their contact tracing information, the ones that have downloaded the app, and we'll be following up and investigating. The intriguing stuff uh, with this contact tracing is when are they going to start using it to put you in a place? that will that will that be used as proving you were there so if you're out after curfew i, I think in the they're middle, doing that okay now what happens if somebody just stole your phone what if somebody took your phone i mean what um, <laughs> you get arrested yes i guess uh um i'm granted that you a want small justice percentage. no right no no justice is not what people want today people want knee-jerk vengeance that, that's what the that's what the entire antifa black lives matter thing is they're angry and they don't care who they hurt I mean, from what I understand, it's not that hard to clone somebody's phone if you know what you're doing. Granted, the average person doesn't know how to do this, but it would seem to be a way if you're going to start using this kind of data in that way that's going to make this really dangerous for people 
that are going to be accused of things either they didn't do. And, and granted, that's going to be a low number compared to the people that are just so stupid. They will go commit a crime with their cell phone in their pocket. The the potential for unintended consequences are immense. And I, I think that we I think we called out a lot of this. So this this is really just a, a yet another grumpy old Ben's. I told you so moment. And the more episodes we have behind us, the more I told you so moments we're going to have. Well, and they questioned uh, the HIPAA thing, too, on uh, No Agenda yesterday. And as we had covered weeks in advance of this, there is no HIPAA if you opt into something. So, hey, yeah, yeah in fact, uh, the I OK, I, I didn't investigate this one. I would not be surprised in the least if the the official covid tracking app has that disclaimer that says by installing this, you waive your all of your HIPAA rights. It would make I, sense. I, in fact, I'm. I'm almost certain of it because that if you're a lawyer and you know that nobody reads the terms of service, why not put that in there? It gives you more flexibility. But uh, another, uh, I, I, another, I told you so moment is uh, the UK contract tracing system. You remember I said this, this was outside of the, the Google and Apple thing. Uh, they were the, the UK's contact tracing system. I, I did we discuss how the, the UK system works? I don't recall. I mean, the only thing when you say the UK, I still think they were trying to block porn and couldn't do that. So if they were have a contact system, I'm guessing there's issues with it. Well, they they have a phone app, but they didn't uh, believe it or not. They didn't get very much, very many people to install it, like less than 30 percent of the people they wanted. Uh, I know this comes as a surprise. People don't want to be tracked. But. Uh, the, the method that the UK is using, because the, the reason we, when we discussed the UK is they were one of the few ones who was, instead of having decentralized and the contact tracing happening on each an individual phone, which is what the, the OS vendors have been pushing for, uh, the UK was one of the few that went on the, on their own and had all contacts be forwarded to a central government database somewhere so that they could make all the connections so they would know okay this person got covid now these people all had contact with them and so they need to be called and they and the system for notifications also because because it's not an app uh the system for notifications is that the uk are going to send you either a uh it didn't say whether it was a phone caller but i'm betting it was an sms from a published well-known government number and if you receive an sms from this number that says you have covid you need to get in and you you might have covid you need to get checked uh then you know that that is from the official contact tracing and therefore it's legitimate and we know that sms cannot be spoofed in any way so if it came from this number you you know for sure that it's good right sure i've never heard of spoofing at all but with this system are you telling me there is no app involved they're just tracking all cell phones and then if they if you find out one of the people that had a cell phone near you at some point had covid they're going to be contacting you i am pretty sure there is an app involved uh i i don't I don't think that I think an app is still necessary in order to determine whether somebody was in the same room as somebody. I don't think that cell tower data is quite enough for that. Look, they could uh, just and, be they yeah. could just be scraping your GPS data if you're not turning that off. Oh, it, it, if they can, then Google and Apple are doing worse than I thought they were. Yay. 
I wouldn't uh, doubt it. it. Theoretically, you know, the, the OS still comes from Silicon Valley, not from the UK government. So I don't think that they're, if you haven't installed the app and, and again, I don't, I don't have a lot of details. If we have any, any producers in the UK who can fact check me, then, you know, go ahead and stuff it. Cause I'm just going to go ahead with my opinion, but you can email me. You mean uh, sod off, but, not stuff it. Sod off oh, is the right. UK term. Yes. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be. No, you a, a sod off is my home defense <laughs> mechanism. <laughs> That's yeah. Sod off is different than sod off. It's oh. different. There's an accent in there somewhere. I doubt it. Um, not, not on the left coast. There isn't. We we took our English and we butchered it, pared it down to only the vocal fry and yeah okay. But so anyways, uh yeah. So there is the story is that uh you know quote unquote hackers uh are spoofing the UK contact tracing calls from the government and are telling people that you've got COVID and <laughs> it is in fact causing some problems with the NHS because of the number of people wanting to get tested because they've been told they have COVID because now, I guess the, the they, other they received is, an official can, SMS from, yes, from the government number. If somebody can show that SMS, they probably have to get a test, right? They, they, they have to give them one. I, I I'm sure in, in the UK because they don't have anything resembling freedoms. I'm sure that if you get an SMS from that number, you are required by law to go submit yourself to the local indoctrinate. I mean, testing center. And Adam Curry thought email bombs were a big problem. This seems like it could be a bigger problem. So, so yeah, you've uh, if if you get this SMS, you have to submit yourself to the government for procedures, and people are spoofing the SMS. I I thought it was pretty much exactly what was going to happen. If I were a hacker who knew how to do these things, I would be sending every cell phone in the UK this text hourly. I, I would not be surprised if there are people trying to do that right now. Now, as far as the apps here in the United States, the lag time that it takes from, hey, we need an app to having the app ready. It's been long enough. And I don't think I maybe they're starting to come out with stuff now, but there's really nothing that I've heard about. That's, hey, you have to have this app. Are people even going to install this now? Because it seems like we've forgotten all about covid <laughs> Nobody seems afraid uh, of it anymore. I'd ask the troll room, but I don't think most people in the troll room were afraid of it to begin with. No, there, there's still a lot of people out there who are are not the kind of person who are going to go out and burn down businesses because, believe it or not, most of the public still kind of understand, regardless of what your news stations and every single company is in in their advertising is saying, most people still kind of understand that going out and burning down your neighbor's business or or setting fire to things or hurting people is not a good thing uh we we haven't completely lost all of that i mean maybe in some of the newer generations but i don't think all of it's gone so most people are still staying home and not participating in the looting it's it's a very small minority but these people are still scared they're still operating on the fear response and leading with the amygdala because the frontal cortex is tiny and the amygdala is huge and they've been told to be afraid. So that's what they're doing. And yeah, they've been told you have to wear a mask. They've been told you have to social distance. They've been told that you can't go out and do things. You aren't allowed a haircut and therefore they are complying. Speaking of masks, they're installing the app. I mean, I I told you on the last episode, I believe that the, WHO was saying only wear a mask if you were caring for somebody with COVID or if you had COVID, unlike the CDC, who was saying wear a mask at all times. Well, in the last four days, uh, 
the WHO has come around to the CDC's way of thinking, and now everybody must wear masks. I bet you they're really trying to get, <clears throat> excuse me, this American money back to the WHO. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, it should not surprise anybody to realize that uh, this is all completely political. Well, and people are going to use it in order to take even more of your privacy away because that's what people who want all of the data, that's what they want. And I would I would love for people that are working in these clandestine, you know, three letter agencies or whatnot. I would love to know the information they have tracking what's going on around the world. It must be fascinating. How they're well, that tracking. Was the, that was the surveillance point I made last time, which is they know everything about us. Let's let's get them to open up their fly, and I, we want to see all their data too. Yeah, I'd like possibly to know. the wrong metaphor. Don't think about it too much. <laughs> it's an interesting concept, and uh, you know this is where everybody can say we're replaying history, which it seems like we are back from the 1960s in the United States with the riots and with the protests. Um, but it's a much different world that we live in. That if the if the people in charge, I mean, if we're to believe that Trump and the Trump administration is really a bunch of Nazis, well, then people should be being disappeared off the streets because that's what would have happened back in the 60s. If, you know, the and and, uh, and back in World War Two, if Hitler would have had that information, it's really kind of bizarre when you think about how different the world really is when it comes down to surveillance and tracking and all of that kind of stuff. And we love the technology. Because we're tech guys. We love these kind of gadgets. And the problem is, you know what they can be used for. And this is something, hey, you create something. Hey, it could be the greatest help to mankind. But you also know if used incorrectly, it could be the, the end of mankind. So what do you do when it comes to tech? Uh, uh, me? Well, you know what I do? <laughs> I turn off JavaScript and I, I, I go digital hermit. You dummy down uh, the you- device. You want a you want a time flies moment? Sure. The Snowden revelations were seven years ago. Damn, he's still in prison or being held somewhere. <laughs> I Moscow, I heard, but I I can't say for sure. CIA black site, perhaps. And I will say, following up on our last episode from uh, just a couple of days ago, luckily the toilet paper at Amazon was no longer in stock because the device in the other room tried to order toilet paper. It was in my Amazon shopping cart. <laughs> so you're welcome. Be very careful. Well, that was me saying it, but uh, you know, still, cause I don't have you on speakers. You're in the cans, but uh, it's scary stuff when and you uh, don't have me piped directly into your Alexa. No, I've, I would not do that. I don't have unlimited uh, on, you know, funds to have Amazon buy everything you mention. Amazon yes. begin world domination. We've already done Amazon, that. Alexa, donate to grumpy old Ben's. You know, if that would be a good idea because we could really clean hey. up and then be like, I don't know how that happened. Well, maybe we need an app to allow that. I keep telling you to write the app. You're the coder. Okay. So uh, let's see what other uh, contact tracing. Um, New York City has started their original plan. This this was old news, but it, it actually went online last Thursday. Uh, to pay 600 people $65,000 a year to track New York citizens. What now? Uh, there, there are 600 people now working for the city of New York for uh, $70,000 a year uh, whose job is nothing more than tracking New York City citizens to, uh, well, I, I arguably, they, they say it's, it's for COVID, but 
when when I read the headline, I, I kind of missed the COVID part and just saw New York City is now paying 600 people to track citizens. Well, yeah, the yeah. excuse is COVID. Yeah. We, um, but COVID and, is it seems to be dying. So why are we putting so much into this? Well, the wheels of bureaucracy don't spin quite as fast as the wheels of propaganda. That's right. And so when this plan was announced and put into place, they it was the peak of of look how virtuous we are. We're going to track our people. And then by the time they managed to hire all those people and get them into a job, uh, it by then it wasn't quite as necessary. And maybe they you know, but but on the plus side, they're city workers, they're they're government bureaucrats now, which means they can't be fired. They're going to be drawing down, uh, you know, a few million dollars from New York City's budget forever, whether there's disease or not. Um, and they're going to be tracking you if you ever wander around New York. So congratulations. And what are they using? You're, you're a little safer. Facial recognition, cell phones, the whole bit, a big combination of things. What? It, 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 the article I read did not say, uh, but my under, be, my understanding is the, well, the, I don't know if New York has a contract tracing app, but I do know they have a ton of cameras. Um, it, it just said that they were tracking people. I, I, I looked for like, how are they tracking? Cause I do look for the tag angle and, uh, at least the CBS news article was uh, unsurprisingly short on details. Well, one thing we are learning with these riots and looting, wearing a mask does not necessarily mean you can't be facially recognized by the AI <laughs> suckers. Yes. People are surprised well, it, by it, that. Is that a, is that a solid mask or cause yeah. I've, I've seen people who, who did studies on, on trying to recognize masked people and, and you can get uh, about a, at least the one I read, they got about a 65% positive or rate of being right. I mean, better than 50% uh, for just being able to check the eyes and eyebrows. Yeah. Well, then I'm sure what you're doing at that point then is matching it to your cell phone data. Were they in the target at the time? And maybe that's it. Uh-huh. It, it is so convenient for for anybody who wants to track what everybody does and where everyone goes it is so convenient that every single person is carrying around a, a unique identifier in their pocket that's constantly broadcasting a signal to anything that will listen of here i am that's man you know the the spy movies back in the 70s they came up with some wild ideas about what the future was going to be and what kind of dystopian tech was and i don't think any of them even understood that the you know they were like oh we're gonna inject chips in people or something no it everybody just carries a tracker with them it is so nice to be a, a authoritarian these days right because it's the device everybody needs to well feed that whole part of your brain when you're getting the likes for the people that want to take pictures of all the food they're eating and the people that have to post things when they're doing stuff on social media twenty four seven and they don't want to feel like they're out of the loop. And then, you know, you need it because then you got to find out like what restaurants are nearby and then you have to have it to, uh, you know, find your way now because nobody knows no, directions. No. You have your all GPS. that's over. Police don't have to do any kind of detecting now. Then there's no work. You just go. OK, you know, okay, well, yeah. pull up his location. OK, uh, now get me the camera around the corner. Good. Enhance. Enhance. <laughs> you know, that is the worst part <laughs> of any of these television shows, <laughs> you know, especially the ones from a few years ago where, you know, the cameras 
even at the best resolution, oh. couldn't pick up a license plate from five feet away. But it's like, hey, look in the background in a reflection. Look, enhance, enhance, yeah. enhance. Yeah. Oh, there. Oh, did like yeah the episode where where there there's like a there happens to be a, a photo at a 1988 prom where they enhance it and then they see <laughs> the trophy case in the background and then they look at the the reflection on one of the brass trophies and from that reflection they can pull out a face and realize that that she was actually smirking when she thought uh, uh, yes. yeah exactly okay. Fletcher increase <laughs> contrast yes Hollywood so, gets it wrong did you know did you know that Google sometimes bans apps from their store yes from the app store including remember we talked about podcast addict yes we did well i've got uh i've got a couple new ones um one is uh this this is a a little international um one of the biggest apps in india india is uh it's not always the same propaganda but the people in india are uh also get waves of propaganda sweeping through the country and uh one of them was somewhere along the line, they got the memo that uh, Chinese companies are trying to spy on them and uh, hack their phones and do horrible things. And I, I don't know where they got that rumor. Chinese companies. Uh, I mean, TikTok. <laughs> but for some reason, <laughs> I mean, the, TikTok the, the is US, still in the Play Store. The U.S. fortunately has our Chinese owned media to demonstrate or, uh, to tell us that that that's preposterous and, and the Chinese would never do that. But India doesn't have this, the Chinese-owned media and Chinese-owned companies in, in, in order to tell them that. So for some reason, a lot of people in India thought that uh, maybe they wouldn't want Chinese-owned apps on their phone. So there was an app created by a guy in Hyderabad uh, that said um, that the app was called Remove China Apps, and it keeps a database of all apps that are have ties to or are built by companies in china and it goes through and the you know the the first version was uh it would go through and uninstall these apps from your phone but the google api made that really really difficult so the the latest current version all it does is it shows you a list of here's all the apps that are made by china or made by chinese companies or have ties to china and Here's links you can click on that take you to the settings page where you can uninstall them. That seems fair. It's not really all that invasive. It just highlights like, I don't want Chinese apps. Well, Google banned it. Wow. I mean, they said that it violates their. I I don't like the idea of one app taking uh, uninstalling other apps, but the rest of it seems fine. Yeah. and, And Google Google said that, uh, it, it violates their policy that apps should not, mess with other apps and in particular you know apps should not uninstall or or interfere with the operation of other apps and i think that the auto uninstalling uh while it's probably very convenient and more importantly is is the kind of thing that the people really like um i mean you could make the argument that that goes too far but just highlighting which apps are chinese and which apps you you know you might want to get rid of i i think or, or maybe the the over the line was th- that they provided a link to the settings page. I'm not really sure, but what I do know is that Google is not going to be letting that back. They they banned the app on Thursday, and as of yesterday, uh, they are still not going to even consider letting it back in. They said, "Nope, this app uh, by its very nature 
violates our policy. We're not even going to entertain an appeal. So <laughs> information again, this is just somebody providing truthful information. And that violates yeah. if a company has a policy where somebody providing truthful information is a violation. Screw that company. Uh, let's see. Google has also banned um, at least three different COVID apps, uh, although I could not. Uh, well, th- this was a matter of I didn't bother to, to look up which one. So you don't get that information. But they have banned at least three different COVID tracking apps because they use location data. Um, one of them happened to be uh, the UK app who very quickly put out a new version and they said, well, we, we are working very hard to find out ways to put location tracking back into the app, but Google is not working with us right now. So, um, not a surprise. I, th- this was, you know, when we discussed the, the tracking apps, uh, the, the idea that Google and Apple jointly came up with was, uh, the COVID tracking apps are going to use Bluetooth to tell you which phones were near you but they don't want to track your location. And a lot of people who are developing apps that to track COVID locations also want to know exactly where you were presumably so they can use and cross-reference that data and then find out where everybody is. And uh, it it sounds pretty like a pretty good idea if you're just trying to track COVID, but remember that they're now using this information to track protesters and whether you think that these uh, angry children burning down businesses and downtowns are good or bad uh it should probably scare you that you now have governments trying to track people using this thing that you you that you thought was only there to keep you healthy well and this is you know parents know what your kids are doing there was a picture of a guy that was totally already out cold laying on the street and there was somebody kicking him in the head they caught the kid 14 years old where the hell are his parents? And I, I don't know. Children. Yeah. At 14, his parents were probably around the block looting something. Probably at 14 years old. I don't care. Try him as an adult jail for life. Yeah. That's simple. It's <laughs> or, very simple. Or, or, you know, if, if we're because he'll never be caught because there are no cops anymore. Really? I mean, you know, is this a case of vigilante mob justice? I don't know. Maybe, but maybe it's too early to recommend that. All the people that want all guns to go away are the ones that want no police. And I don't know how they think that's going to work. But I, again, they're lo- you said their logical part of their brain is gone. But it, going back to the apps, apps that they don't seem to be taking out of the Google Play Store are apps that are popping up all of a sudden to help protesters. W- one of the apps blurs all the faces in a picture. So, you know, you could post a picture of you out looting and it'll take care of blurring the faces and getting rid of all the metadata in the photo before you upload it to, you know, Insta or wherever you're uploading your. This sounds like a problem to uh, a solution to a problem that shouldn't exist. Yes. Like, like I, I here's my method for not having my face put out on social networks. It's well, my first method is I'm not out there looting. But the other is how about just don't take selfies while you're doing criminal things. Damn, even Jay Finley, Earl of Buckeye, says Signal is now even doing the facial blur thing. This, I guess yeah. this is a new thing. It's, yes. Ways of mitigating the fact that we've all been conditioned to put our entire lives online and are finally starting to realize that maybe that's not the best idea in the world. 
Well, I just don't know how people think, you know, except again, you disband the police force because you're otherwise you're absolutely right. Everybody should get caught doing just about everything today because of tracing, tracking and very good high res cameras everywhere you go. It should be hard to commit a crime and leave. You know, the perfect crime is getting harder and harder to commit too much surveillance, but too much, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the end, which one's better or worse. Uh, if you know too much surveillance or not any at this point, uh, and as you've said before, once the technology is created, you can never get rid of it. So there's no, no putting it's a really hard back. to uninvent things. Yeah. So and and it involves trampling a lot of people's rights and and a lot of people's lives to do it because yeah. killing ideas is very hard. Well, one of the things you mentioned with the tracing app the other day when we were talking about it was the fact that you could also spoof the information. So uh, it, w- whether these things are ever going to be useful is questionable. I mean, I know it's a little harder to do on the apple devices because the iphones and the ipads are very locked down but the android devices you can jailbreak these things fairly easily i mean hey even i can do it and you can spoof the gps which we talked about that once before where it's like oh you know if you're having an affair or something well you just put in your work address in the phone and you could be out at your mistress's house doing whatever and if your wife can see where you're at oh look ryan's at home no you don't know these things are easily Does it not spoofed. occur to anybody to leave their phone at home we'll have two I mean, phones really, but if we learn yeah, nothing from okay. breaking bad that, you got to have a burner yeah, that, absolutely <laughs> i mean yeah, so we i talk- only had one more thing i only had one more thing on contact tracing fire away hit me with that contact uh, tracing Long well story um reference. as as people have probably noticed by now google has been rolling out uh the OS update to enable the contact tracing app and uh, whether or not you have the app installed uh, what what the app the app is not what controls whether or not it's it's pinging and tracking everybody near you uh, what controls that is the OS updates the only thing the app controls is uh, whether or not that information gets sent but if uh, if say a future update or if say your uh, mobile provider like Samsung or, or Huawei decides to just push a vendor app up that uses this data. Um, it, it's uh, it, for the most part, it's, it's going to be available on your phone. Now there's, there's some limits on how to access it. Uh, but as you said, it's not that difficult to root a phone and then there's no limits whatsoever. So here is, if, if you find this on, on your phone, go to settings uh, Google services and look for uh, an entry called COVID-19 exposure notification. Uh, if you see that there, then every other phone with that service, uh, it is pulling down information of, I saw this other phone and a date and time. Um, assuming that you're not in airplane mode or, or have all your radios off, which you should be anyway, but whatever. Um, and if you do see that, then then go into it and tap usage and diagnostics and turn off the service. Then you'll need to check again regularly because Google, Samsung, Huawei, everybody who can push updates to your phone really like to turn stuff back on. See, I didn't know this was there and I went to look for this. And unfortunately for me, I mean, I'm sad. The whole thing's grayed out because it says you need to use Bluetooth to securely connect. And I always have Bluetooth off. So uh, a fail there they, they're they not tracing me they're not tracking I'm me. so sorry i know 
I wanted to be tracked, Google. Come on. Why why do I have to use Bluetooth to be tracked? That doesn't seem fair. Uh, try harder. I'll turn I'm not turning Bluetooth on though. That's one thing for <laughs> damn sure. Oh, you're you're just not willing to do what's necessary to get tracked. Yeah, but that got in there quick. I I didn't have any idea that was in there this quickly with the uh that must have been the latest update that just came through. Uh they were quick with this yeah. stuff. When it's like you need to reboot for a software update, they don't like to tell you what it was, but guess what? <laughs> you've got tracking yes it was in blue deuce 33 asking where that is you go to your settings on your android phone and then you go to google settings and it's right in there right out in the open in the google settings but i mean we've been talking about some stuff going on around the world in the uk and in india and i was intrigued because i was looking at the stats which i know you hate but i was looking at the stats the other day for 2020 for grumpy old bens and i wanted to kind of get an idea of where we had people listening from and the cutoff on this was we had to serve up to this particular country at least if it's being tracked we know people use vpns and stuff but for the things we have stats on i was looking for the countries this year in 2020 that grumpy old benz has served at least 10 gigabytes of data to which means I'm betting united states is on that list it is it is number one by a long shot with 818 gigabytes of data served to the u.s but well un- unlike no agenda you and i are not particularly well traveled around the world and only have a lot of experiences that apply in the u.s so we are a little america centric which is why we appreciate the people that are listening outside of the u.s and if you have ideas of things we can talk about to be a little bit more in your neck of the woods as far as the topics feel free to let us know but there were a total of uh, seven other countries that we served at least 10 gig to after I'm the United guess States. Canada would be second. Yes. Canada is number two. Uh, UK and Australia are probably there because those are the other big English speaking countries. They were close. 45 gig Aussie, 44 gig UK. So they're pretty much tied. You're doing good so far. And then uh, are we big in China? No, I mean, there was only megabytes to China, which means we're blocked in China. There's no doubt about that. I I would freaking hope so. If yeah. we're not blocked in China, they're doing something wrong. <laughs> They've, yeah, the Great Wall of China, the Great Firewall of China, not working if they're letting grumpy old Ben's through. But number five, after the UK, what are you thinking? Uh, this one kind of makes sense to me because of Adam. Does it? Yes. Uh, well, then then you're probably thinking the Netherlands. Yes, the Netherlands. Now, the next three. The no agenda has a big community from there. Yeah. 24 gig to the Netherlands. The next one is the one that kind of surprised me. And uh, it, it's Russia with 20 really? gig. Yeah, 20 gig to Russia. So we're almost Are, as big in Russia as the Netherlands. So not satisfied with our elections. They're now trying to interfere in our podcast. Is that what you're saying? Hey, as long as they go with the value for value model. We will spew whatever they want. We'll read their oh, notes. Oh, yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. And their propaganda. We're, we're easy. Just, just just to be clear, uh, you know, we here at Grumpy Old Benz, we can be bought. Yes. Um, if if you're if you're not sure, um, you know, go ahead and shoot us an email. We'll negotiate the price. <laughs> Ryan at grumpyoldbenz.com or Darren at grumpyoldbenz.com. I know Sir Gene they had left a voicemail about a week ago and saying he'd like to be on the show. And uh, I follow him on Twitter, but he's not following me. It's like, I don't know, Sir Gene, maybe you should follow me on Twitter. It'd be easier for me to get back to you that way. 
Yeah, or, or, or Sir Gene, maybe you should just get off Twitter and follow people on No Agenda yeah. Social. It's yeah. safer. Yes, on No Agenda Social. That would be nice as well. But uh, so, yeah, Russia and then the last two, Germany and Norway, which I was kind of surprised. Germany doesn't actually surprise me. Uh, Norway, yeah, maybe a little. Uh, you know you know what that is. That's my Scandinavian heritage. It could be. I mean, some tall yeah. blonde women in Norway. So I'm just saying that not a bad thing to be on the list. I was surprised. Well, I mean, while while fairly far down the list, because this is for the whole year of 2020, we oh, have Jay Finley is he's our our Norway listener. Oh, well, I didn't know he was in Norway. I thought Ohio, but it's oh, they're close VPNs. Hello, Nord. <laughs> yeah, I do use Nord. I don't I would be you know what? That's interesting if that would come up because they're based in Panama. I wonder what that I would assume it would be whatever you're connected to. Like I use Nord VPN a lot. But I almost always connect to Chicago servers, which are very quick. And I may have mentioned this on Grumpy Old Ben's before, but after their latest update, I was doing speed tests the other day, getting 350 megabytes down and the full upload up. So I was like, holy crap, they have sped this service up big time. But yeah, it'd be interesting to know where nice. the VPNs come from. But there were two co- uh, countries on here that were towards the bottom of course but these were both a little over a gigabyte of so somebody's listening to something in hong kong and iran so kind of interesting to show up in uh in results there so i don't know who's in hong kong and iran but if you're listening right now reach out let us know use a uh, well it's it's either the sub the subversive protesters in those places or it's the government we are causing revolution in Hong Kong and Iran. Yes, we we could be either way, even if uh, even if we are only talking to government spooks who are listening to us to try to determine what kind of American media to cancel, uh, just acknowledge and, and please accept that we are providing you, you government spooks, an important service. And if you're getting value out of this, go ahead and pitch us some value back. Uh, <laughs> would not mind a nice, cushy government contract to do podcasting that seems that would seems like it would be a nice idea it would be fair and we did have a voice but this was from like a month ago this was from uh, patrick in washington and uh i thought this was nice i just you know haven't been checking the the grumpy old ben's things so let me play this here for you hi this is patrick in wisconsin and i just wanted to thank you too for you for the show you do and that that's what i wanted to do thank you Wisconsin, I think it said Washington there. Cheesehead, we love Wisconsin. You get some good brats in Wisconsin. So thank you, Patrick. And we do have a voicemail number. I mean, nobody ever calls it, so I haven't checked it in a long time. 4804 Grumpy. That's 4804 Grumpy. You can reach out to us using that. And uh, you can tell us how much you like Sir Bemrose's rants or dislike, whichever. You can go either way. We are not well, going to. Well, it's definitely to- good to hear from Patrick. Thank you for that. Uh, I the the voicemail number is uh you you check that more or less often than than you check the p.o box well the p.o box we have the system that shows you you got mail and so then Ah. we go check that so the p.o box will actually get checked more i should have the voicemails and i can set this up i just was lazy i could set it up to actually send me an email when a voicemail comes in which might make sense that way I won't forget to do so. And we do have a mailing list. I sent that out again yesterday to let everybody know we were doing bonus grumpy old Ben's. And yes. And you said we're up to six listeners or readers now. <laughs> no, I said there were six more 
that had signed up over the last few days. Since Friday, there were six new people on the mailing list. So that's just over the weekend. Six new people. I mean, I know that's not no wow. agenda big, but for grumpy old Ben's six new <laughs> so, listeners. So just, just to be clear, this brings us up to more than six. <laughs> yes, this brings us to more than six. Yes. Okay. The number is greater than six until they start dropping off because, you know, the content is too controversial, if you will. Uh, well, if if you're listening to Grumpy Old Ben's, you've got this far in and you don't think the content is controversial, then you're not using your frontal cortex there. No, you're not trying hard enough. But another tech story yeah. I thought was interesting because I had read about this going on a couple of weeks ago and it was on the list to talk about in one of the shows, which, of course, was overtaken by covid was the fact that a bunch of websites were now doing port scans on your machine when you visit their websites and not just nefarious sites you would think like you know i would get it if i was going to the pirate bay if they were doing port scans i would kind of just nod and go i get it or or forbes right (laughs) but kind of but ebay was one of the big ones that are doing port scans i guess looking for machines that are compromised to try to cut off getting scammed you know as far as people that you know have taken over your you know if somebody takes over which is one of the programs they were talking about in here uh team viewer which i use for my parents computer because it's easy for me to connect to but there's other things with remote desktop which has been built into windows for years uh vnc a lot of these remote uh, viewing and where you can control a computer remotely type things is what they're doing the port scans on yeah there's yeah, i was gonna say if if i were doing this i would look for i would start uh, i would be using it to look for botnets yeah exactly uh, yeah you know and, and and there's there's probably well-known ports like all the big botnets have have a well-known port open up so that they you can control it and if you find that port is open then somebody is able to control the system from a di- from far away yes with the ebay with the scans they were doing were uh for vnc ports which are 5900 through 5903 remote desktop which is 3389 now of course if you're using any of these at least remote desktop you can change the ports and all that which you probably should to keep this kind of stuff from happening team viewer you know 5939 if if you happen to be part of a botnet you should always change the default control port it is always good the one that it was just came up as unknown was port 633 Three, three. And I'm like, okay, this is very, <laughs> this is very no agenda like six, three, 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 three. And nobody knows why they're scanning that port. Uh, so if you know, I mean, if you're a dude named Ben who's run across this and you found something weird using port six, three, 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 let us know. But uh, th- th- this kind of fascinates me and I'm not entirely against the idea. I haven't, I haven't heard of this before. Uh, you know, on, on the one hand, any, any, dude named ben worth their salt knows that you need to lock this stuff down at your firewall and and when somebody starts get especially if your port's not open then you just drop the packet and don't do anything with it because it's the only way to to keep from getting flooded right so it but shouldn't be invasive it, 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 in that case the the type of people who are going to be caught by this are the people who don't understand you who are are running uh you know with no nat and only the windows firewall uh directly on their router and don't have any clue about how dangerous because all they really want to do is is use the internet to log into their gmail or something uh and, and they're the ones who are getting their machines owned right and if normally i mean the the way that the way that a botnet is successful 
is it, 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 you know when when we were young and and back you know when when I was a 13 year old kid writing viruses for computers uh <laughs> the the fun thing to do was write a virus that would uh you know if if you're being malicious you'd you'd destroy data or you'd mess up the hard drive and if you just want to mess around you'd write a virus that would pop up a window and be like yeah you got owned or you know the things like that and those frankly were were benevolent compared to what's out there today today when you get malware when you become part of a botnet the thing wants to be undetected for as long as possible because if you detect a virus you get rid of it if if you detect that you're part of a botnet then you run some kind of malware cleaner and they're not always effective but they're pretty good at at getting you know 60% of the stuff out there and and so if you're writing malware to put a computer in a botnet you want it to go undetected as long as possible so somebody who's like yeah i just want to see if i can check on on this knit sweater that i'm selling <laughs> and ebay says i'm sorry you can't connect because your computer has a virus right at the very least it's going to cause them to scan their computer which would so be a good thing this is I, I, I'm not sure that I like the, you know, the big sites being invasive and I certainly don't trust eBay with my computer security, but, but maybe just letting people know, Hey, we detected some stuff. Then again, you know, I, this weekend there was some, some internet congestion and half the sites that I was trying to visit. I got the, the cloud flare. We think you might be a bot. Please re-enable JavaScript. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, don't need to visit that site anymore today. Yeah, I hate those. I absolutely hate those. Jay Finley, the ultimate dude named Ben when it comes to routing things around, uh, says apparently 63333 is a trip light US uh, UPS alert port. And it's being mentioned that it's a pos- uh, po- popular, I can speak well today, SSH local forward fort. So port. Yeah, okay. I should be drinking. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's what I should be doing for that the show. That would help. <laughs> but it the- is not Friday enough to be doing this show right now. I'll tell you that much. And uh, the nice thing about this port scanning, though, is I mean, one: if you have your machine owned, it would be nice to know because there's, one of the biggest problems with this is, I mean, I use RoboForm for my passwords on my machine, which means every time I reboot my machine, or if I've been, you know, if it's been idle long enough. I have to put in a master password before it'll start yeah. feeding me the passwords again, which is how password I, I, I use work. KeePass, which does the same thing. Now, a lot of people, you know, my parents included, aren't that technologically advanced. And a lot of people save those passwords in the browser. So if you get owned yeah. on something like TeamViewer, anybody could log into your Amazon account and ship themselves whatever the hell they want. And if they do it before you catch it, you're kind of screwed. If you here's a tip if you have to write down your password somewhere a post-it note is actually safer than anywhere on your hard drive unencrypted yes that is sad but it is true much less likely somebody's going to break in your house to get it than somebody's going to pwn your computer but you block origin software and, and I now know that you we're all use. it the, the problem with post-it notes was always somebody else in the office walking by your desk but now that we're all working from home those are really safe Yes, you would hope. And if you have a you know a couple of nine millimeters sitting around, makes it less likely somebody's gonna meander. But you block origin, I use it, I think you use it. Now blocks I do these port scans on most sites. So they're adding these to their blacklist. Nice. And I know that's that's racist so, now to say blacklist. So I, can, I can go back <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it is the the, the, the blacklist yes. political correct garbage 
it, go it's, on. it's now a blocked list. <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. But it's yeah. still okay to be uh-huh. a white list for okay. That seems racist too. I, I hey, I still run master and slave drives in, <laughs> in my IDE channels. You are old school. Yeah. You probably still have one of those big like 10 inch floppy disks. Oh, it is 10 inches and floppy, I'll tell you that much. Uh-huh. But you block origin. Well worth a program to use. I remember when that first came out, though, somebody was spoofing it with a name very similar to it, which, of course, got a lot of people to download. Yeah. Some really bad software. So, I, if, so the, you know, the, the first ad blocker that really came out and became popular was called Adblock. And then somebody came up with, well, we can do this better and called it Adblock Plus. And those by their name alone are still incredibly popular. But. Uh, they are owned by uh, Adblock Plus, at least, is actually owned by a Chinese marketing company. <laughs> so uh, there is an ad company that owns Adblock Plus. You probably shouldn't be using that one. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the next iteration was Ublock. And that was made by uh, one of the people who split off of Adblock. And then Ublock Origin was made by the actual original person. I'm probably messing up these these origin stories for everything, but the the moral of the story is if you want an ad blocker, I very much recommend uBlock Origin. Most of the other ones, and it has to be uBlock Origin. Most of the other ones that have similar names are, uh, it, you know, ad blocking software is a gold mine for somebody who wants to deliver ads to your machine if they can control it. Right, which I think is what Adblock Plus started doing, which is why the mass exodus came up, was they had their woke list, as I like that. Cold Acid said it's block list and woke list now. But they had their yes. white list for the advertisers that paid them. So all of a sudden, ads, some ads start showing up when people are using yes. Adblock Plus. So come yes, on. When ad, yes, Adblock Plus were the first ones to come up with the acceptable ads policy, which they, you know, the, the first version of acceptable ads was things like text only. And then the second version of acceptable ads was, uh, well, text only adds the. Uh oh, we lost Bemrose. But don't you're they are taking your bandwidth, Bemrose. They are taking Dis- your display bandwidth. flashing images, but stat- uh, now see uh, you're, he's breaking up. The yeah. images are fine. Also, any company that pays us money can get their ads through connected. Oh, wow. Now you got the speed oh, up. Now you, we lost you. And then you came back talking like a chipmunk. I that that was um yeah it's it's a just a bit that I do I guess let's see maybe. let's check back here we have a hundred and thirty second seven millisecond network round trip it seems like you're back they got maybe. you for a minute they're trying to get your bandwidth that you were talking about dangerous stuff I it was subversive I'll give you that it was subversive and speaking of subversive what do you think about the story I mentioned it to you briefly before we did the before we started the show, the fact that the Brave browser, which has been my daily driver now for a few months, has been when you put in type in direct, which is why this is really making people mad when you actually type in an address for one of these crypto places, it was converting it to an affiliate link. So if people then ended up signing up with one of these crypto places, you know, like a Coinbase or what a coin, uh, yeah, Coinbase is the big one that if you signed up, they were getting a kickback. Now, we've seen this kind of stuff with 
you know, results in a search engine and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And some yeah, people read, are very, read it in Stack Overflow, rewrite affiliate links. Yeah. Very good. And they're clear about it, you know, but uh, yeah. this is really not sitting well with myself. And I think a lot of people that are using Brave who thought it was a a browser that was really worried about your privacy to be rewriting those links with affiliate links. Uh, no bueno. Yeah. That ain't cool. Don't do that. I, 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 I might not be in the majority here, but I am of the opinion that if if somebody sends me a link, then um, I want to go to that link. And if I type a URL, that's the URL that I want. And uh, I, I don't know if I've ever done it on Grumpy Old Ben's, but uh, one of the things, especially, you know, five, eight years ago that I started railing about was ISPs that hijack your failed DNS requests to send you to their own private search page. Right. Because if I type in a busted URL, I want an error page. Just take, give me the internet that I'm signed up for. Don't, don't hijack me for your own ad word version. Right. I mean, you get to the page and it says, we're sorry. Bisty young blondes it, does not exist. Did you mean busty young blondes? Like, no. What, what did the site go down? That was my favorite. Oh, <laughs> I love them. Bisty blondes. Wait. Yes. Well, I, I just, if, if I want a search engine, I will type in the search engine. Now, a big, big part of that is uh, when, you know, when, when browsers first started trying to make the address bar smart so that if you type in just a phrase into the address bar, it, instead of trying to interpret it as a URL, it automatically send it to Google. I'm like, Google is not the search engine I want. If I ever end up at a Google page, something horrible has happened. <laughs> I go to DuckDuckGo. I make that change. I'm brave. Who then maybe redirected well, me? I don't know. Nowadays, and and for the last several years, I you've it's been possible to go into your browser and tell it when I type something to go to a search engine, use this search engine. Early you know, on, it was just you know, we, and and you still can't tell your ISP that you know where where on your your ISP uh, cable bill. Can you fill the checkbox that says, you know, please don't give me that that rebranded Google search. Please give me Bing or DuckDuckGo or or Start Page or uh, you know, I'd really like to go back to Alta Vista. Or how about Hasta La Vista? <laughs> That's a different thing. But I mean, the interesting thing with the Brave browser is they already on their main page that they give you. So if you don't have a, a page in there, they give you a default page that you can customize one. I had to figure out how to turn the images off because they were a pain in the ass, you know, or I was going to try to figure out how to put my own images in there. Cause at least is I want to, is, is this your homepage? It's not. Well, I have a homepage, which you've seen. It looks okay. like it came from 1988. Cause it's just a bunch of links that I use uh, in that's text format. Kind. And that's what I have my homepage set to. But if you go to brave, if I'm in brave and then hit new link, it will give me this brave page, which gives me the, all the of the new tab. Yes, you do the new yeah. tab. It tells me the time. It tells me 484,000 ads and trackers blocked, 26,000 HTTPS yeah. upgrades, 6.7 hours saved. Sure. And and does it give you a list of all of the ads and trackers that it's letting through because they're making money on it? I, I don't see that, but I block so many things, it's hard to tell. Um, <laughs> but they do have a thing now on the right side of the page, which shows Binance by crypto. And there's a link, there's a thing where you can just put in the amount you want to buy and a box that says buy 
BTC. So you can go buy Bitcoin directly in the browser. So they're doing that, and that's fine because that's obviously their little ad. Why didn't they just add to this page if you type in any crypto thing? We're sending you to an affiliate link to help fund Brave. Click here if you want to opt out. People wouldn't have been pissed. They would have gotten that. Well, they they probably did tell you it's in in one of the new versions (laughs) of the privacy policy. Didn't you read that? Oh, God. Have you ever read any of those? And maybe you did just to be. Unfortunately, uh, yes. (laughs) You work for Microsoft. The the problem is you have to you have to quit at some point. You know, I, I actually used to. I would never click on so I accept on anything without reading the whole thing. And somewhere along the line, I realized that there aren't enough hours in the day. I was going to say that had to be a time killer. I mean, you get up at 9 a.m., you try to go watch some porn, and then there's like 14 pages to read. And you're like, OK, I'm going to read it. OK, if you're if you're logging into anything to get porn, then you need to figure out where all the free stuff is. But yeah, yeah. Eula's come on, everybody read the Eula. I don't know if this stuff ever goes to court, and I'm sure it does. Are people really held accountable for missing one line in like 12 hours of reading when these things pop up? Like, do yeah. you agree? Sometimes they are. It's a sad world. Although that comes then uh, the EULAs not, are too not long. Every Don't time. use it. There, there have been a couple cases where EULAs have been found to be unenforceable because of the, the, the one gotcha line uh, or, or whatever. Uh, there have been a number, lots and lots of cases where EULAs have been found to be entirely enforceable and the person gets totally screwed. When the last line uh, is, Sir Bemrose Enterprises lied about everything above this. We are stealing your data. Ha ha. Yeah. Uh, that, no, that's the. Are you reading the EULA for Sir Bemrose VPN on, on the Dark Sewer Network? Yeah. Again? I mean, I just signed up for this Sir Bemrose VPN. It's only forty nine yeah. ninety five a day. It's extensive. It's good. Was, was, I was supposed to get a discount, though, for knowing you, right? I guess. It, it, yes. Yes. It, it The price goes all the way down to sixty nine ninety nine. Oh, well, that is a bargain. You're yes. probably like buy one, get one so, twice the price. So about six months ago, I brought to Grumpy Old Ben's uh, a list of uh, OS adoption numbers. And the only reason I do this is not because it's all that important, but rather because I find it to be kind of interesting. Um, I have the follow up because they do these these breakdowns every six months. OK, um, I'm going to is uh, Linux up. One percent. Linux is is in fact up. Um, according to this, it is one point four percent. No, one one point two four percent. I'm sorry. It was just a guess, but pretty close. Um, and, and it is in fact up. It, it's up about twenty percent over three months ago, or six months ago. Uh, six months ago. I'm I'm sorry, my. You know, I I'm going all JCD. I can't even read this tiny font. You are a okay. math major, right? I don't know. I don't math. <laughs> Okay, mapping so, with Bemrose right after mapping with uh, Matt. May 2020. Uh, what, what would you guess is the number one OS out there? In May 2020, all operating systems, this including the uh, mobile stuff too? Uh, I'm sorry, just desktop. Okay, just desktop. Well, it has to be Windows. Because if you include mobile, it's Android for sure. Yeah. And Windows. But I'm not going to do a breakdown on Android versions. So that's scary. You know, I, w- I would guess it's Windows 10. It is Windows 10 with with for the first time ever more than 50% market share there at 53. Wow. Uh what is, let's see so they I'm assuming 8 and 7 are still on the list. Uh 8 is the fifth one on the list. Wow. Uh, 8 is actually behind no 8 Windows 8 now only has 3.6%. It is behind Mac OS 10.14 and 10.15. Interesting. Uh, well, Windows can, yeah. 7 
Windows 7 is number two with more than a quarter still there. And uh, now Windows 7 took a pretty big hit back in January, but not big enough. Uh, so the, the Windows 7 number from December was 29% and January it's 25%. And just to be clear, uh, interestingly, Windows interestingly 7, it's up now. But Windows 7, they stop all <laughs> updates, right? Yeah. Yeah. End of life. They're not providing updates. They're not providing anything. So uh, Windows 7 is not getting security updates and is still more than a quarter out there. Uh, then rounding out the list is, let's see, OS 10.14, OS 10.15, uh, which 10.14 has more than twice as much as 10.15. So the uh, Windows 8.1, OS 10.13, Windows XP holding in there with one and a half percent and right <laughs> above Linux. Wow. Although, wow. wait a minute, hold on. Linux and Ubuntu are listed separately, though. <laughs> so if you combine them, they're almost three percent. Okay, you're the Microsoft expert. Which is more secure at this point, Windows XP or Windows 7? Windows 7. Are you sure? Because I thought people were still like, well, I okay, to be fair, we know people are still hacking Windows XP yeah, well, and updating. Well, Windows XP has a, a large number of uh, well understood and very published vulnerabilities that were never worth fixing. And plus, Windows XP was uh, the, one of the last operating systems that was ever shipped where Microsoft thought it was very important that every single cool service that they coded be available to you. So all of the services are shipped on. Right. This, well, that was before all of the pro and plus and home and, you know, let's have 14 different versions. Well, that was Vista, uh, which Vista, fortunately, not making the list. <laughs> Thank God. But 725 percent. How is that not causing yeah. huge problems on the internet? Uh, I, I I suspect it is. This might be why eBay is now port scanning. Yes, I guess that would make sense because Microsoft I, will still let you upgrade for free, kind of, if you ask nicely. Y- you have to know the secret incantation. There's like a magic spell you need. Mm, They'd really Rose, like for you Rose, to spend your hard earned money and pay for Windows 10. Well, there was an article that I had, which I thought was interesting. Uh, which was how to make money on your software, even when you're competing with paid apps. And I thought this was just uh, this was on the next web and I'll have the link in the value show for notes. value. Right. Well, it's uh, not value for value. Well, it, you know, it kind of is because the the breakdown went to simplify completely. The totally wrong way to do things is to have a free version and hope people will pay money for a paid version or do value for value because then everybody and their brother will install the app program and try it out, even though they might not really have a use for it and they may never pay for it. And and that's a problem. Yes, they actually have had a breakdown of, you know, the mentality of being more expensive actually makes more sense because anybody that's going to give you money really needs the product is really invested in the product and will be a longtime user of the product. So it was the whole um, psychological, psychological breakdown of why you could actually charge more for an app and do better than going this other route of going free and then hoping people, you know, add to it and then eventually buy it. And uh, it was kind of some uh, mind screw stuff, but it really made sense when you um, kind of got into it. 
I'm skeptical. You always are. Yes. And it, it, so, the, the breakdown was kind of telling you you could have a smaller footprint as far as the people buying, but they are more invested and will pay more. So there is something to be said for that uh, to 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 an extent. I mean, that that might the numbers might work out better than, say, giving it away for free and then making it up in volume. Yes. So I just thought that was interesting. I mean, not something we need to spend a whole lot of time on this show, although it's something we may bring up on Friday with Sir Carl with a K from Who Are These Podcasts, because he's into all that digital marketing and getting your products out there. He, in fact, makes he, in fact, makes his bread from digital marketing. I like bread. What kind does he make? Like sourdough? uh, The greenback. That was really like a Bemrose joke. I'm sorry. Stepping on your, you're welcome. Stepping on your toes with that kind of a thing. First the rant, now the puns. I am really rubbing off on you. Yeah, and well, Larry Larry is not going to be able to handle this. Larry on Who Are These Podcasts was the best. I mean, granted, I've only dabbled in Who Are These Podcasts, but overall, so far, that was my favorite episode of Who Are These Podcasts because Larry brings people around somehow to having a conversation, no matter what. Yes, actually, I I I love that because. Carl has a formula on who are these podcasts where you go down the list, you play clips and then you make fun of it. And then you play the next clip and you make fun of it. And it's as much as you can't really see the formula, it's kind of rigid. And every single time there was a clip and a comment, and then Larry would start a conversation about it. And they had a lot more time talking than they did analyzing clips for that. And it worked. I mean, that may just be, again, a preference of what we like, but I thought it was some really good conversation. So it'll be interesting to talk to Carl and uh, kind of peek into his brain because CSB, I talked to him on for the first time ever on uh, Sunday. He was on No Agenda Social and he posted. Sorry, how did that? Oh, he posted that he was in Jitsi and he was going to be there for like a half hour more. So I'm like, you know what? Okay, got the microphone still hooked up, went into Jitsi. He was the only one there. And I talked to him for like a half hour. Really nice guy. I mean, I think he the language barrier makes it hard for some people to understand the stuff that he does in text and all that. But, you know, he was very clear. He told me, you know, oh, don't don't trust podcasting. Go find a real job. You'll never make money. You're not celebrity. <laughs> and I, I like yeah. I don't disagree oh. with you. There's no doubt that the people yeah. that are making tons of money in podcasting are the Adam Curry's and the Joe Rogan's and the Adam Carolla's and the people that had an audience before coming to podcasting. There's no question about it, but Carl, Sir Carl was not one of these celebrities. It looks like just on Patreon is making like 2000 bucks a month on who are these podcasts. And I think he does other things to make money as well with it. So I want to know how he did it. He's a guy, not a celebrity. it, It is absolutely one of the questions I intend to ask him on Friday. Uh, is because he's now dipped his toe in several different monetization models for for the show uh they used to take ads and while you couldn't even run them on the no agenda stream then yeah Uh, which i'm sure that you were thrilled with (laughs) you know i used to listen to a lot more of the stuff on the no agenda stream but once you're doing like five shows a week it gets harder yeah. to listen. Once once you realize the kind of shows that I'm bringing to the stream, you're like, uh, no, I, I don't trust him anymore. Yeah, okay. There are certain good shows so, that I listen to. I mean, Hog Story's always fun. Yeah, Billy Bones has come out with some great stuff in A Walk Through the Mind. Yeah, he has. The Up Is Down podcast, I can never actually figure out what the guy is trying, what point he's trying to get across. I'm sure he's a nice guy. I mean, I, I figured I gave him a few less points because he didn't know his show was running on the stream. 
but <laughs> I mean, that says you're maybe a little clueless about some things and maybe you should pay more attention, but otherwise, uh, uh, maybe there's some good stuff I, out it, there. I mean, you can't listen to the stream 24 seven. Anybody who does is a bot. Oh, well, I thought you were a bot for a while. I mean, some people, I, I, I got better, <laughs> but so it'll be fun. That'll be Friday at the usual time yes. on noagendastream.com. Sir Carl from who are these podcasts? I love that your ad to him, the email you sent, the pitch, I should say, not ad, to come on the show was, hey, I'm a really big fan. Here's the name I use in your Discord. Maybe you've noticed me. The guy I do the show with hates your show and you. And I'm like, well, yeah. that's that's a hell of a way to go after somebody to come well, on I, the show. I don't want to false sell it. <laughs> <laughs> and he responded. I, I, so also. I, also, I knew I knew that that was that was the kind of thing that he goes for because he just just listening to the kind of joking around he does on his own show the, the, the he he really goes in for the ribbing same way we do yes and I don't know if a lot of people uh, actually even understand to much more that. extreme yes and and he rather enjoys ribbing New York City radio personalities from the 1990s <laughs> he's in the time warp he's <laughs> I. I, I People that I never would have heard of from the the Howard Stern era. He he loves picking on Opie from Opie and Anthony, who apparently does his own podcast. And he's really big on picking on Stuttering John from I I guess from Stern and maybe Leno from Stern at least. I don't know if, what else he's done. Yeah, well, he does a podcast now. <laughs> yeah, well, and Larry runs into him in the grocery store. So I mean, there's some interesting stuff going on. Uh, oh. Tell Larry to hit and lay on the gas next time. Oh, wait. <laughs> Run him over with his with, with the uh, shopping cart or actually with his car. I mean, if there's no police I, in LA, <laughs> you can get away so with more. Do you remember a couple months ago when I dressed down an app called Zoom, which is apparently something everybody is using for conferencing? Yes. And we talked about m the massive problems that they had with Zoom because all you had to do was put in a random number and you might hit a conversation going on. Yes, that that was one of many problems. Uh, another one was that the fact you know nothing was encrypted, and in fact, the API enables people to listen in on your conversations, read your metadata. That that there was almost no privacy, and a, a lot of people have had an issue with the fact that conversations are not necessarily private. Not you know, not only. Is there always the possibility of hacking, but rather also that uh, Zoom themselves effectively record your conversations for a short while? Right. Uh, to you know, the the idea is to give to the meeting organizer, organizer, but who else are they going to give it to? I don't think they keep those recordings forever. But um, I think it depends who you are, which is one of the reasons yeah, why be. I stopped using Skype, even though I know a lot of people use it. Once Microsoft took it over, it became way more questionable. Yeah. Well, Zoom has responded to the complaints about no privacy. Uh, the first response that they made was they offered uh, AES encryption between the client and the Zoom server. So you would encrypt both outgoing uh, uh, legs of the, the conversation, uh, which meant that if your ISP was a man in the middle, then you were kind of protected. Um, I, I, I don't know how strong the aes was that they were using um and also i don't know if there was a you know there might have been cert vulnerabilities but the big concern with that and the reason that a lot of privacy advocates were unsatisfied was um that 
if if you encrypt it between you and the Zoom server and then you encrypt it between the Zoom server and the other person, uh, guess who's still a man in the middle who can look at your unencrypted stream? Zoom. Zoom. So people were pushing for end to end encryption, which is it encrypts on my machine and it decrypts on the machine of the person I want to talk to. And it's encrypted the entire way through, which is how any secure communication app would work. And zoom didn't like this because they said, Oh, well the management and we need to be able to, you know, the person who organized the meeting and the, and eventually they finally put together a plan to, enable end-to-end encryption for paying customers only oh well that makes sense because it costs money no well it costs (laughs) money to develop and they're making money hand over fist let me ask you a question because you're again you're the coder kind of guy when there's two different situations here let's just start with the easy one which is a one-on-one conversation like we're having here with audio only but it could be video now doing this over zoom is there any uh, just, reason just for the record our conversation isn't private there are people listening in as we speak really who's listening in yeah. who are these people uh, up in the troll room i don't know but there's a there's more than 50 of them oh i can't drive 55 but was there a reason why we need the mothership in the middle to enhance your quality control or anything rather than the old days where like with irc and i know wasn't audio and video but was making an IP to IP connection without the mothership in the middle when it's a one-on-one conversation. Is there any reason to not go just strictly peer to peer? Well, the, the original reason why a server managed came up and, and peer to peer started dying was the rise of firewalls because uh, network configurations being what they are and who's between how many layers of NAT it can be, disturbingly complicated to get a peer peer connection set up between uh different services uh you know and and it's you know every single firewall is default set to allow outbound connections so if you set if both people make an outbound connection to a public server then everything just works no matter the con- the connection setup uh this this was a huge problem back in the days for example with the Xbox 360 which did all multiplayer peer to peer and had a lot of problems with various types of NAT. Uh, you know, if if you were set up such that you know certain ports weren't working correctly, then then getting your 360 to connect to somebody else's multiplayer game was quite difficult. It's one of the reasons why the the Xbox One, the the current version of the Xbox console, um, all matchmaking is done over a server, and, and in fact, the you know most of the uh, online games are now server based, although, you know, nowadays everybody's got the MMO model. So all the physics and calculations are done on the server anyway. But yes, uh, and Jay Finley's so, mentioning the UPnP, which I remember back in the day. Yeah. I wasn't a, uh, an Xbox guy, but I had the PlayStation. Same deal. I remember going into the router and it's like, oh, there's like seven different port ranges that you need to forward. And uh, OK, oh, so yeah. I get it. And and UPnP was the attempt. Uh, Jay Finley probably understands this better than I do. But UPnP was the attempt to make that easy, and uh, it, it 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 does make it easier. It also opens up some impressive security holes, uh, which is one reason why UPnP is not always enabled, it's not always open, and the problem is not always solved. 
Now that said, there's, there's a number of technologies and a lot of things built in these days so that it is easier to get a peer to peer connection set up, but it's still not seamless. So that I think is probably one of the first reasons for, uh, having, sending all your protocols through a server rather than peer to peer. That makes sense. The other reason would be more nefarious. It's the business reason of wanting to be able to control things. Which is the yeah, definitely more nefarious. If your business model is, say, per minute, yeah, you, if you're charging per minute or per connection or something, you want to make certain that every single minute and every single connection is something that you can track, is something that you, you can bill for. Um, and then, your, your, uh, you know, if, if your business model is also, uh, we feed data to the FBI and they give us a little kickback on the side then you absolutely need that data to go through your server so you can get to it. Not that I'm accusing anybody of it, but maybe I can read you a quote from CEO Eric Yuan of Zoom. Zoom. Zoom, when, Zoom, is, uh, Zoom is the Chinese version of Zoom, I think. Uh, no, Zoom, Zoom was a really good media player that was <laughs> that was attached to really crappy desktop software really and an even oh, worse yeah. company. Okay, you're right about that. No, the the, software the device was amazing. The device was amazing. Just the the only way to use the device was the desktop software, which was awful. And Microsoft was completely inept at supporting it. But um, when asked about the end-to-end encryption and why it is only for paying customers, uh, the CEO of Zoom said, free users for sure we don't want to give end-to-end encryption because we also want to work together with the FBI, with local law enforcement, in case some people use Zoom for a bad purpose. <laughs> um, okay, well, one, saying that publicly, I guess the nice part is people won't use it for bad purposes because they know they're being listened to. I, I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's forget and, about the fact and, that there's other... People- ways and people who are using it for perfectly altruistic purposes which just might not be something that a a government likes and and believe it or not there are things that governments don't like out there that are perfectly legal and very moral um probably won't use zoom either and i tell you what if if i'm just setting up a a chat with my mom i'm probably not going to use zoom either because frankly uh that's some dystopian stuff there it is it, it, it's a uh, it's definitely concerning there's a lot of options out there like i say skype even is questionable i dig this stuff like what jitsi is doing and i know they're completely open and uh open source and you can put this on your own server which if you're going to do communications that's probably the way to do it if you can i mean you probably need a do name ben to set it up but from you reading it and void reading it you said the server load was minimal and getting it set up seemed to be quite easy to do so you can roll your own zoom fairly easily now so i i, I think well, i asked I can this roll question my own jitsi i don't well, think zoom is open source no i'm but i'm saying that is your own version of zoom oh yeah and when i think when we first start talking about zoom that was my question which i knew people doing this quickly were jumping on zoom because it existed but any network any organization that has a network guy and i you know dudes named ben that know what they're doing be like well what's the alternative to zoom and they'd be like well there's this open source thing you could use that does exactly the same thing you just send people a link and bam it works i don't know why they're not using it but hey that's well the main thing is is probably ease of setup there's you know a lot of people who i i i looked at the quick start uh instructions for jitsi and um it, it was it was the kind of thing that if you're already an IT professional who is completely used to working with 
with uh, you know, Docker capsules and and you know, getting these services installed and and opening ports and if if you are already used to all of that, it's the kind of thing you can do in an hour or two. Not bad. Um, you know, spin up a VM. But if you are not a dude named Ben and you're not familiar with it, there, there were like seven different services that you have to install just that, that Jitsi depends on, for example. And I can completely, and given that uh, in open source, there's almost never a, a company or a service line somewhere to walk you through it. The, the closest you have to walking through is you connect to an IRC server somewhere and be like, <laughs> help. And then the people there are like, noob, noob. <laughs> yeah. and, <laughs> well, see, there, the, it, it can be intimidating. I, yes. And there are alternatives, though. DigitalOcean, I know, has a droplet now for Jitsi. So, I mean, if oh, it, do they? Yeah, that's awesome. So if you want to get it set up, it's it, there's easy ways. I've had some luck with DigitalOcean. They their their service was good, and I I had no problems with their bandwidth. The only problem I have with them is that after I shut down my stuff and stopped using it, I have not re- stopped receiving spam from them. <laughs> well, they like you. They want you back. <laughs> they dig you. And Jay Finley, we need to get you on a show. Give us a date you can record to talk about setting up networks, securing networks, what you should be doing on your networks, and well. The, what you shouldn't be doing as well is you he knows way more about this stuff than we do i mean we're we're enough just to get dangerous he can actually uh you know oh, i'm i'm very dangerous well you can blow things up but then you call jay finley yeah, to fix it <laughs> I, 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 I can blow things up just by trying to fix them that's how much i know about it dude you are so money you don't even know it um, there was now this was great too and the covid thing a story here was a little bit further down my list but it is tech the new Hawaii phone. How do you even say that? Huawei, Hawaii, H U A W. That's Huawei, right? Huawei. Their Huawei. new, their new phone will take or, your temperature. Yeah, they will take your temperature. You put your forehead do, up do to they the give screen. It back? Yeah, they put you put your okay. forehead up to the screen, and they use a sensor to take your temperature. They said this was Be like I might I might want that temperature <laughs> later. Yeah, give me that temperature back. But I'm like, this is the new COVID world. The smartphones hey. and they. This this is like the latest Huawei device, and they said that the original schematics didn't even have this sensor on it, so it was immediately thrown in, rushed, and I'm guessing they're the only phone that's out there. Don't know how accurate it is, or it will be, but put your forehead up to your phone screen. Oh, that's that's the that's the new sensor that's going to be on every phone. It'll be in the iPhone 14 or 17, or I don't know what number they're up to. Yeah, well, that's what somebody said. This makes this the most 2020 of all 2020 phones so far. Yeah. Take your I, temperature. I, this this is why you need to go listen to the OTG segment on No Agenda and you need to go get yourself a flip phone from 1996 and use that as your daily driver. If you need to contact people, you've got SMS, you've got voice, and you've got I'll drive to your house. And <laughs> those are I mean, really, <laughs> this stuff some of this app stuff is scary uh and 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 there's uh, a lot of appeal to having a phone that doesn't support all of this stuff especially when you have governments around the world now who are are like you have to install this app or we're going to arrest you which uh i think uh you know when we were talking about the contact tracing apps that that had happened somewhere in india 
which is nuts. But hey, if you don't have a phone, do they have to give you one like an Obama phone? Well, you don't have a phone is your excuse. So, well, That's here's a the, phone. You know what? If uh, if they want to give me a free phone, I'm OK. I've got space in my drawer. Well, then you'll be tracked at home. It'll be in your drawer yeah, all the time. They'll think yes, you never and, leave. And they'll know everywhere that my desk goes. And <laughs> I know that's a privacy invasion, but I'm I'm willing to risk it. Well, they can still hear everything you say. The microphones in these devices are scary yeah. good. For how, you know, well, we just established people in the troll room can hear everything I'm saying right now, too. Which is really scary because, I mean, we put yeah, a lot them. of, I mean, we put a lot of effort into doing a good job with getting nice, clean, understandable audio on grumpy old Ben's. But we know a lot of podcasts, the audio absolutely sucks and you can barely tell what the person is saying. How can these devices three rooms away understand what I'm saying? If I don't know, go ask Alexa. Yeah. What do you want to ask Alexa? <laughs> ask Alexa if I can hear you right now. Can you hear me Friday. right now? See, I would just have to speak very quietly. Or you know, I just do well, the easier thing is the one we have upstairs. Uh, which is the uh, clip device. You know that Jeff Bezos is listening to your every podcast right now. Yes. Okay, Google, turn on Grumpy Old Ben's podcast and see now that'll, yes. that'll, we didn't want to just stick to the Amazon device. So I only had one more story and, and while it is tech related, it's more political than my other ones. Okay. Hit me with it. Uh, uh, have, have you ever heard of the Earn It Act? The Earn It, E-A-R-N It Act? No. E A R N space I T. Is it earn uh, I T or earn it? Um, it is the Eliminating Abusive and Rampant Neglect of Interlac- Interactive Technologies Act. E A R N I T. It sounds like the guy from Sesame Street. Earn it and burn. and uh, this is uh, hey, from uh, Congress people Graham and Blumenthal. Lindsey Graham. Um, it, yes. Uh, so you know it's good. This was introduced. <laughs> Uh, back in March, and it looks like it's uh, probably going to go to the floor soon. And um, I, not surprisingly, the EFF is a little freaked out about this one. Um, so this particular one uh, would uh, it, it 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 does uh, at least two things that that I really picked out of this. One is it establishes a national commission on online child exploitation prevention. That is, in fact, what it's called. Okay. Uh, so this is definitely one of those. Won't somebody please think of the children laws? Right. Right. Um, and the the big thing that it would do is it would strip a site's Section 230 immunities if they do not adhere to a set of rules for removing child exploitation content as set by the attorney general or the Justice Department. I mean, that seems fair. I mean, that's one thing I think everybody can agree on is that you shouldn't have child porn, child exploitation materials well, up well, there. Yes. But what is the bar? I guess. No, no pun intended with AG. Bar, what, what, what is the what bar? Is that, the bar, bar that yes. Well, the, that that's the problem. The problem is the bar. Uh, Attorney General Barr, Bill Barr, has called many, many times for the end to encryption available in in apps in the or or at the very least to back doors being added to all computer services and, and equipment that, that, that you that have encryption. Um, he is calling, he has called many times for a law enforcement backdoor into every service. And if this law passes, then he will be given the authority to strip section two thirty 
immunities from any service or site or anything that does not give him his back door into the encryption. And as any encryption expert will tell you, or, or even people who know what they're talking about, uh, it, the moment that you add a backdoor to encryption, you don't have encryption anymore. Well, yeah, that's like having a vault, but leaving the door open just in case. Yeah, well, or, or no, I, I mean, you can have a very secure lock on the door of the vault and then you put like a three foot by three foot window in the side with a single pane, easily breakable glass. Yeah, <laughs> but you, as it, we talked about, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. So I don't no, know. You, you can't you can't uninvent encryption. And the moment that you try to put a backdoor into encryption, your encryption is now worthless because it is uh, sheer unadulterated hubris. The idea that law enforcement would use this backdoor and that hackers would never have access to it. Uh, of course, hackers are going to get it. Even you know, personally, I, I am more concerned about law enforcement having access to backdoors in my software. Uh, but even if you trust the state implicitly, even if you think that Attorney General Bill Barr is the most up and up guy ever uh, and will only ever use this against people who are objectively terrorists, who both you and he believe are a danger to society uh, and, and not just, you know, looters or or whoever, you know, you might agree if, Somebody else other than the government is going to get access to this thing, is going to figure out the keys to it, and suddenly you have no security. Well, Duodenum points out in the troll room that it used to be illegal to export certain encryption keys. Remember when that you could yeah, have like back certain, in the 90s? Yeah, where it was like, okay, the websites in the United States have this encryption, but outside, you know, they have lesser because those are trade secrets. And yeah, yeah, that, that was that was ridiculous. Didn't work out well. But I'm just, no, it, was, I'm just it was national security secrets. And and what it meant was that all the best software was developed outside the U.S. Yeah. Well, there, there's that. But most of these people that are trading in even horrible, vile things, they're not doing it out in the open, are they? It's not like the well, no, did, they're doing it behind encryption. <laughs> but it's, it's one of these things where like you see, you know, even pirate pirated stuff. It's like, well. If I take the latest Bemrose app and I encrypt it and post it on a website, who knows what's in that encryption unless you can open the encryption. So, I mean, the website that it's posted to is kind of irrelevant um, unless the website itself has a database that's encrypted. Then I guess you're, you know, you're going well, down. Sure, that slope, if, you have, but. if you have end to end encryption, which is why companies like Zoom aren't going to allow end to end encryption. So you could pay more, though. They want money. Well, yeah, then you, you can. And, and maybe you'll get security maybe but it's like uh, hey you can't you can't un you can't undo encryption so if i want to take a file no matter what's in it and encrypt it and send it to you nobody sure. can do and, anything about that and, and 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 if you take the time to gpg that stuff or or you you know encrypt it with your own private key and store it on a web server you're pretty secure but the vast majority of communication these days, the encryption is provided by the service and, and that's what they're counting on. Well, that would mean a lot if, of people would be getting caught who rightfully should, cause they're dumb. Yeah. And, and a lot of people would be getting caught who are, uh, merely people that you, you disagree with. Um, you, you know, if, for example, during, uh, say, uh, the next four years when Trump is still in office, um, if you happen to be you one of the people that? who, 
oh, I, I called it a long time ago. That's still happening. Uh, the The Democratic Party has brought nothing to the table. The only the uh, the only thing that they have at this point is tantrums. <laughs> but they're good at them. They're good they're at the very tantrums. Good. They had an impeachment and then they had a lockdown and now they have straight up riots. It's like they have full Bemrose rant without any of the Bemrose intellect. That's your typical Democrat. But, but you know, even if you think like right now, it is easy to imagine that if, you know, for example, uh, say uh, Antifa or BLM are probably organizing with apps that use encryption in them. And if the Trump administration had the ability to just reach out and flip a switch. And now all those communications are bared openly to the government. Then they can go out and selectively shut down the cause. Now you probably think as I do that Antifa and BLM might, the organizations might need to be shut down, but now let's turn it around and turn it into say uh, a pro gun group underneath uh, an Obama or a Biden administration. And now the, you know, or, or, or just any kind of group that's trying to do some cause that you like, like, you know, maybe somebody who likes the first amendment, um, then, then a Democrat administration can now crack your encryption and go in and start persecuting members of the group for things that they say in an encrypted app. And if law enforcement has the ability to turn off encryption with a switch, you can guarantee it will be used on every communication in America. Oh, yeah. You know that. And I don't think that Black and Lives Matter it, should be shut down or Antifa should be shut down, but I do believe any of their members who do things that are illegal should go to jail. I I, I think that I, I think that they, they are perfectly allowed to get together and communicate, even with full encryption securely. Um, I think that that they yeah and i i don't care if you're a member of the group or not uh what i do care is that if you go out and you throw a brick through somebody's store window then you you need to face some consequences for that and if you you know lay down in the middle of a road and say that you're protesting for black rights then you might see how red you are inside when the trucker doesn't get the you know i, I probably should stop talking like I, I think i may have mentioned on friday i don't think there was a coincidence that adam curry recently had been talking about how email is such a viable communications tool still for people to communicate directly with one another without one of the big socials or Googles in between. And then he gets email bombed. I don't think that was coincidental. No, probably not. Although he does have a point. Email was one of the, one of the last and one of the most enduring, completely open standards. And the reason why uh, we haven't had a, a new standard come through, and improve on it. You know, IRC is exactly the same thing. It, there are lots of communication standards, but why, why are these old ones still enduring? Well, probably because every time that somebody come, you know, a, a company comes through and popularizes some brand new thing, they also want to control it with an iron fist. And, uh, e- email is uh, it, it, it's it's the difference between the open web and web and AOL's walled garden. Right. Um, it, it, you might have something. You know, Discord is superior to IRC in almost every way, with the single exception that it is run by one company who can shut you down if you say something they don't like, who control your can control their your speech if they 
want. Um, and they require you to use their proprietary app, which means you have to run their software on your system. Um, no matter how awesome it is to have better channel management than any IRC client and be able to seamlessly post pictures and media, all, all of these are really awesome things, uh, that discord can do that IRC is not very good at. Uh, but we're not using discord. You're missing, you're missing the the biggest, yeah, you're missing the biggest downfall though. By being a company, they could disappear. I mean, there's that. Everything can disappear the well, next day. Yeah, if if you yeah if you think that they're not evil, which uh, frankly I think I I have a lot more difficulty thinking Silicon Valley companies aren't straight up evil these days. They may be. I mean, but, you never know yeah, when these even, companies. Even emails, if you think they're good, they yeah, can, yeah, they can go out of business. Email is a protocol, and nobody can shut email down. That's the beauty of yeah. it. Uh, I have a friend that has a restaurant that had a mailing list on one of the MailChimp's competitors who went out of business without telling any of their clients. So they lost their mailing list. Thousands of people obviously weren't smart enough to back up, but the company just disappeared without any notice whatsoever, which is why it's really hard. And that was one of the things mentioned in that story I was talking about earlier, that how you could charge more and compete against free because people realize if they're spending money, the company's making money, the company's going to be around rather than you that could still happen no mistake about it but less of a chance the company goes black tomorrow i mean uh, disappear that's racist unless they forget to put a back door into their encryption and then the government sues them out of existence yeah well that's not gonna i mean the, the, the thing with any of this stuff is as much as i don't want a one world order in the world as far as everybody's under one governmental control the beauty of what we have going on right now is if the United States says, well, every communications uh, company, anything running this like, uh, you know, voice software and these these meeting softwares online has to have a backdoor. Well, then I'm going to go base it in Israel or I'm going to go base it in Panama. Then, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, if if the U.S. decides to do that, then you're going to see software development move to. Uh, Germany and Australia and Russia and Israel immediately. And every time that a government decides to follow suit and start shutting down, you know, what you can do, you're going to see their software development dry up. And this, by the way, is one of the reasons why uh, the, the, the best possible thing about this earn it act is uh, that they have some very, very, very powerful enemies in Google, Facebook, Twitter, all of these Silicon Valley companies know that their livelihood is in deep doo-doo if if this sort of thing passes simply because people anybody who cares about security will have to stop using silicon valley companies it has nothing to do with whether google is good or bad if google is in california and american companies have to break encryption people will not use them for communication apps anymore yeah, I'd like to think that pretty simple. Uh, and a lot of people just don't understand the technology. And that's also a problem. Uh, Bill O'Reilly did a, a story last week. I think it was talking about that case back when uh, Apple refused, he said, to break into the phone of the one terrorism suspect. And it's like, well, no, it's not refusing. Their system's not set up to allow them to do it. That's different. Yeah. Well, what they were refusing to do was dedicate uh uh, a, a development team and three weeks to trying to figure out how to crack the system that they'd made to not be easily crackable. Right. And it's nice when security actually works, but I can see why yeah. 
you know, the, the iron fist type governments don't like it. So the, the Earned Act does one other big thing. Um, and that is it, uh, make, it would make a change to civil suits for, uh, anything to do. Let's see. Um, the plaintiff would no longer be required to prove that a defendant knew about an infringement. Uh, they would only have to prove that a defendant acted recklessly where the, the word recklessly is, is obviously not well-defined, uh, but probably means, oh, they allowed encryption or, uh, oh, they put up a site or it can mean anything that a lawyer argues they mean, uh, which means that we would go back to the bad old days where if, if you put up a website and somebody posts something on that website, uh, and, and I, I'm specifically trying to avoid the phrase child porn because yes, it, it it's something that nobody particularly wants child porn, except for a few people that, that I'm not going to acknowledge right now. Uh, uh, but it, it's such a red herring and, you know, even this one, the, they, uh, the, the practices that the attorney general put out are, are quote, uh, according to the law, quote, best practices for providers of interactive computer services regarding the prevention of online child exploitation conduct. Um, th- this is totally a won't somebody please think of the children because you cannot argue against this kind of draconian security measures without automatically being a, a child molester. It, you, oh, well, you're defending child porn? No, uh, I'm defending the ability for people to communicate together without having to without being spied on and controlled by a government that has already many many times demonstrated that any amount of power will be twisted and abused and used for whatever the heck they want rather than just the narrow thing if i had any confidence whatsoever that the only crime this law would ever be used against would be child exploitation then I would feel a lot less horrible about the idea, but well, yeah. this is written so vague and laws get twisted so much that the moment that you say, Oh, somebody think of the children and you make a law be with lots of references to children and child exploitation that now just posting a list of woke companies is going to be illegal and is going to get you banned from the internet and these laws will allow the state to mandate that we have thought of the children and i've seen stories on this and it's well beyond child porn the other concern and we could put that in air quotes and i saw articles about this when the covid lockdowns started which is well this is really ripe ground for people to be trying to groom and contact your children online and whether it's using, you know, Instagram, whether it's using, you know, TikTok, whatever it is, any of these platforms, you can contact people and do private messages with and stuff like that. And the answer comes down is simple for everything. I've said it before on the show. Don't give your damn kids computers or make sure Dear you parents, know what they're doing. Dear parents, watch your little rugrats. Yes, because there is no way Pay attention to them. Yeah, there's no way. M- maybe. Maybe dare I say it, get to know them, get them to trust you. They should anyway, get them to open up with you, talk to them, instill values in them, make it so that your kids understand that there are people out there that are not, that have their you know bad things in mind. 
I, I don't know, maybe communicate with them as humans because they are humans. They're little humans who don't have a lot of world experience, but that's your opportunity as parents to pour some of your experience in there and maybe just maybe try to mold them into better humans rather than just shutting them into a hole and hoping that some faraway company protects them because you won't. Well, because they can't. And that's what parents parent. need to understand. The parents need to understand there is nothing that can be done in an app. There is nothing that can be done in an ISP level. There's nothing that can be done on a you know phone company level. Anybody that's controlling this data, nobody can keep your kids safe. Nobody, only you. The devices are out there. If you can communicate with somebody, they can communicate with your kid. I hate to tell you, there's no way to give your kid a tablet or a cell phone and be like, oh, they'll only be able to talk to their friends. It's not the reality. And this, we no. don't need more laws. We just need parents that know what and, the hell they're doing. And and that is why the, the first and primary defense of your children should be that you've talked to them and you've let them know that uh, if you know, if somebody comes out, if if somebody stops on the street in a white van that says free candy on the side, be skeptical. And if somebody does the same thing digitally, be skeptical. And if they're ever not sure, they should trust you as parents enough to come to you. And if all of that isn't true, you are failing as a parent. Yeah. And it's beyond that. I mean, some of the stories on the Epstein stuff were mind blowing. Because there were teenage girls who were bringing their friends in for like 200 bucks a pop. And that's pretty damn cheap. It doesn't take uh, a lot. You know, I mean, yeah, no. I've got some friends I'd sell out for that much. <laughs> hey, I'd sell you for 200 bucks. I mean, anybody wants to. Uh, Isn't wants, that what you're doing right now? I think so. But it's like you have to know as parents, you're never going to keep your kids safe on the Internet. Don't give them a phone until they can handle it. And for me, I don't know. I maybe I'm totally wrong. I wouldn't give kids an unfiltered cell phone at all until they were at least 16 years old. Anything younger than that, way questionable. But, you know, your mileage may vary. Just the only thing I'll say is when something happens to your kid, you know, if they're kidnapped or killed or raped or something and you had them on this device since they were 12 and that's where the perp found them, you're kind of at fault. As shitty of a thing to say that is, it's the truth. You have to teach your children and understand the internet is a scary place, as is the world in general at this point. And you need to just understand that and not think but I don't want to I don't want to raise my kid. That's hard. I'd rather make everybody else raise my kid. Yes. The government will help I'd them. The school rather will make help it everyone them. else's problem. The social justice warriors will help them. And I told you this before we started the show. We were looking for tech show for tech stories for show today. And I think we did a pretty good job of talking about that. But, you know, I just had to call out. Tom's Hardware with the Black Lives Matter story that just says Black Lives Matter that tells you to donate to Black Lives Matter and a bunch of other leftist groups, which it's like Tom's Hardware. Screw you. Gizmodo story. Pollution is racial violence. Gizmodo. Screw you. Mashable resources you'll need for raising an anti-racist child. Mashable. Screw you. I, I bet all those companies were on the uh, deplatformed list that I was going to put in the show notes, too. There is no doubt about it and the verge had a story and this i, I i'm this, glad this they is, had this, this story is, by the way this is definitely why adam ha has learned and something i apparently haven't learned yet 
to every any time that you see something slightly controversial, the very first thing you need to do is screen scrape it, take a screenshot, take anything, just keep it, get a copy of it already. Yes, save it. Before- and I failed. I failed badly on this. I apologize. Yeah, before it's bleached bit out. And uh, the story on uh, on on Yelp, which was on the verge, and I think this is kind of showing you where we're going. And if this doesn't seem like the most racist thing to you, explain it to me if you don't believe this. But Yelp is adding a tool so you'll easily be able to search for black owned business. That to me goes way beyond the lines of. So now we're choosing businesses based upon who owns them now if this was a white businesses only you're obviously a nazi you're in the kkk you only want to go to a white owned restaurant store whatever it is but it's perfectly fine to do that for somebody that's black i don't get it explain it to me if anybody can well uh from the are are, uh, who who do you think is in the wrong here i would think uh yelp for trying to show which anybody even looking for this in the first place Yelp adding this is just ridiculous. Um, well, I think I, it, it might be immoral and maybe they, they deserve scorn. But, uh, I, you know, from the perspective of I, I, I have to in order to be logically consistent with my values, I have to support individual choice no matter what choice that is and no matter what direction it goes. So if you are a person uh, who wants to only patronize black owned businesses. That is a personal choice. Um, if, if you want to, you know, and, and I also support access to information. So I can't, I can't even really fault somebody who, who wants to give people the information necessary to make an informed choice. And, and it is an informed choice. You are taking information that you have and deciding what to do it now. Um, I absolutely support your right to make that decision, but understand that that is the racist thing that we've said on this entire show. The, that, that is, uh, is saying that you only want to support black only businesses is objectively racist. If you make your decisions based on that, you are making racist decisions. And if you choose to make your identity and make your persona about somebody who is selecting businesses based on the skin color of the owner. You are a racist. Seems like that said all I have to offer is scorn because I still don't think it should be illegal. The, uh, I, I think it's wrong. Quite interesting. The Wayback machine duodenium in the uh, troll room sent a link to that article that you didn't save on the Wayback machine. And while it seems to exist, anything you try to click on to go look at the previous days comes up with a 404. Holy crap. This is deep. Yep. This well, is deep still. scrubbed. This is deep scrubbed. I looked at today's. I looked at well, yesterday's going back to June oh, wow. 6th here. There were two scrapes, uh, two snapshots from June 6th, according to the Wayback Machine. And when you go and it loads up the page. For a second, you see here are the companies that support Antifa, Blacks Live Matter, and want you dead. And there's about four lines from the article. And if you wait a couple of seconds, boom, there it is. 404 goes to. This is. Oh, no wow. doubt. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, uh, yes. Uh, in, in today's 
technique today's world we are in a place where the the woke silicon valley companies are doing everything they possibly can to whitewash i'm sorry blackwash and scrub the internet of anything that doesn't fit their narrative and their propaganda you are being actively propagandized they are no longer using the form of propaganda where they shove new information in your face they are actively I mean, they are they are going all George Orwell's Ministry of Truth and erasing everything that doesn't fit their narrative so that the only thing you can find is your narrative. If you don't believe me by now that these companies that are censoring and erasing all of the bits of culture that they don't personally like or agree with, if you don't think that is evil, you are not paying attention. You are absolutely right. And this, the woman that wrote this, I'm assuming this will show up at some point somewhere. Her name is Ashley Ray Goldenberg. And it looks like uh, she's an investigative journalist. So, I mean, why would we want to listen to uh, anything she has to say? But well, we, no, no, that that's that's the wrong kind of journalist. We can't have people do investigations. No, it's it's the the money people from above should be handing you the conclusions you need to make. That's a journalist today. You don't investigate your own stuff. Who do you think you are, Walter Cronkite? Yeah, it looks like she has some good stuff here on the uh, capitalresearch.org. Yeah, that doesn't fly today. Yeah, that, that won't fly. Uh, I want to see this list. I'm sure it'll show up somewhere else. But this is questioning again here. If the archive.org is going to be able to be changed later, this is uh, the digital world. We always well, knew I, this I was mentioned- bad. I mentioned two weeks ago that the the Wayback Machine was starting to put warnings on pages that that don't uh, apply to the narrative. They hadn't by then they hadn't actually been uh, censoring things, but they were putting warnings like, you know, this page from 1996 is misinformation because it doesn't conform to our current woke social standards today. Unfreaking believable that not only. Will they take this off of medium? And I've seen things go off of medium before, but when you're even taking the archive off, that is, uh, that's hard to do unless you control all the medias. And that seems they do, but, uh, we don't. No. So we're just little peons. We're just here doing a show. That's what we're ranting for. And we're thankful that everybody comes along. We do these shows live normally on Friday at 11 a.m. Central. Today's Monday. And we do have a donor to thank. And I'll thank him on Friday too. Cause, you know, this is kind of like bonus show. So it's a little weird. Yeah. But Jacob Hernandez <laughs> came in with 20 bucks saying, love the podcast, boys, value for value indeed. So we appreciate that, Jacob. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. I, it, we had we, we only did this. We only decided to do this on Monday because we had a, a few stories that we had looked up and a few things and the stuff that we felt like talking about on Friday that was tech related. And we never got to it because we were ranting against the state of the world today. And we did plenty of that too. I have to admit, I, I it, when, when this whole lockdown thing started in March, I, I, my, I'm usually pretty good at predicting how people are going to react to things. And, and my entire barometer got thrown out of calibration back in March when some things that I never thought would happen because they were so blatantly outside the realm of, of what is rational or reasonable to do like taking a virus, which I said from the beginning was 
maybe a little worse than the flu. Right. And shutting down the entire economy and quarantining healthy people for months was such a blatant overreaction that it never entered in in my mind when I consider what are the chances of people doing this? What are the chances of people doing that? It, it never even occurred to me that people could be that ridiculous or that unreasonable. And ever since then, uh, it, people, especially politicians, uh, Silicon Valley people in, in, in the power structures, you know, the, the ones that they say we are because of our light colored skin, we're in a power structure. No, the, the people in the power structure are, are the politicians and the Silicon Valley overlords who are deciding what you can and can't think. And, and who are they've given up all pretense of being rational or reasonable and are just straight up reaching out to control and and own your life and the only hope that i can cling to at this point cuz the world is going insane is that normal people will finally get sick of this garbage the pendulum will start swinging the other way and come november Every single governor who locked down and damaged irreparably damaged their economy for the next decade and a half by quarantining healthy people and shutting down businesses, destroying people's lives. I, I, my, the only hope I cling to is that every one of them will get thrown out of office because the the normal people who have been victims in all of this the the majority the the flyover the the people who are are not woke the people who are not going out there protesting the people who are not going in and and making waves because they just want to live their lives and get along are going to come out in force and say this is not the america that we want that is the only hope that i can cling to and i tell you what if something weird happens and these democrat dickwads like jay fucking insley come back into office after november i i i think i just i i don't want to live on this planet anymore well that we do have now the uh, spacex thing so we can probably get you yeah, maybe we can send you up there but the v recovery is real it's looking like we might have a check mark recovery yeah. the, the it's Dow, actually a it might be a w recovery it could be it, it very well could be we don't know but the dow is up another 300 points today and this i saw an article the other day and how this has been the biggest moving of wealth but ever the, the the dow tracks huge companies who generally weathered the storm well um i i the the problem is that the bread and butter of the american economy the the primary engine of it is is small businesses who have suffered losses that we have not seen since the great depression and um those are not going to be reflected in the dow jones average i'm just making the point that a lot of money has been made off this because it crashed so hard and has come back so quickly if you knew what you were doing and you bought at the bottom there's a yeah. lot and of money. you had a couple million dollars to to pass around. And some people do. So this will be interesting to watch moving forward. I'd like to know who really came out of this one smelling like a rose because, you know, there's been a few of them that did. And uh, 
you, then the questions start coming. I mean, Fauci, why were you telling us we have to stay in when all of a sudden these protesters are all out? Nobody ever once said, except for Maurice DeHunt, when Adam Curry talked to him that, you know, being outside seems to be safe. We were never told that. We were said, don't go to the beaches. Don't go outside. Why? Because if we don't see it, because shut up, slave, if we don't see a surge, we're going to know that was all a load of crap. And so much. I I still honestly don't believe in the highest echelons of of our oligarchs. I don't believe that this was about safety in any way, because I don't think they care that much about safety. I mean, they care about people having the illusion of safety. They care about people thinking that they want your safety, but I don't think they do. This was always about control. I think some people and, and who's controlling what for whom yeah that that might remain to be seen but I think it is for about some people control. it started out for safety everybody was afraid but once you start you, you, seeing the reality then you have to start asking different questions we as as a member of the general public and not a politician and not an elite and not a CEO of a silicon valley company we as the general population are getting jerked around and we need to stop putting up with this vote them out vote I, them all out. yeah and, and so my my recommendation uh has not changed from our election episode which is that in in if if you if you really enjoyed this time off where you got to be unemployed and play video games and lose your house because uh you you can't pay rent anymore and um then go ahead and vote the way you always have been but if any part of this doesn't feel right to you, vote against the incumbents. That's all I'm telling you. Yeah. I don't even care which party. Just all of them. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> get, get new people in. I mean, you know, things were done incorrectly when they're now putting a stimulus thing out there, or at least they're floating it. I don't know if it was passed yet, but you know how everybody got that $1,200. Well, they're talking about another twelve or 1500 if people will go back to work, they'll get it as a bonus. <laughs> That's so, I mean, you, you, you know, know, if if people still have jobs. Well, I mean, there's my wife has run into this with her company and other companies where people are making very close to, if not more than what they were making to be on this unemployment. And they, of course, upped unemployment. They've extended unemployment. And they've created a system. It's a socialist paradise. They really have. They've created a system yes. that is encouraging people not to go back to work, which is why yeah, they it's have to all about redistribution of wealth. Well, yes. Somebody there was a uh, there was a black girl that said something on Twitter the other day, like, well, the cops responsible for George Floyd have been dealt with. They've been arrested. You know, why are we still doing this two weeks later? And it's like my answer was. If you if you want to know why something's going on and it's not immediately obvious, it's redistribution of wealth. That's what it <laughs> you're, is. You're not wrong. It's you can always track it and, back down. And, and looting is a uh, is is little more than a of crude but immediate form of wealth redistribution. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a, it's amazing to me that uh, you're going to have to now have the government paying people so they'll go take a job i mean we live in a great economy don't we i mean it was great six months ago no uh, uh, people were uh, working. not so sure anymore right well you can't ignore <laughs> the fact that people were working at a rate never seen before right before the pandemic and uh it will be interesting to see how that all bounces back but i mean you said you lose your little bit of a your spark your energy level 
once we get past 90 minutes. I mean, you do realize this, I think, is the longest grumpy old Ben's ever at this point. It might be. <laughs> you're still you're I don't still have any mad. energy left. I'm I, I'm I'm stuck in a depressive funk over over what everybody has done to this world. Yes. Collectively, collectively, yeah. the world's lost their mind. And that's what we're trying to bring some sanity. And I think that's why we're doing these shows, especially two shows now this week, because we're trying to make sense of this, because you look at a lot of this stuff and you if, you, if you're like us, you're sitting around going, this doesn't seem to make logical sense to me. How is this being allowed to happen? And it just keeps getting worse. And the dominoes keep falling. And I don't get where we're going, but at least it's great show content at the very least. Yeah, it, it'll be an entertaining ride no matter. I mean, we. We may end up down in the pit of hell when we reach the end of this ride, but it'll be an entertaining one. But at least you can be drinking the uh, Mazel Tov cocktails. Yes. So <laughs> I'm with that said, until next time, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I don't have a Mazel Tov cocktail, but I have plenty of Irish whiskey. And from America's left coast, where it's not illegal as long as it's woke. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Thanks for listening, Troll Room. Thanks for listening, everyone, to Grumpy Old Ben's. Uh-huh.